Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. And boy, I'm dragging so much ass, I've got some road rash on my ass. That's how bad. But that's what happens when you're the hardest working man in sports radio. Guess what, folks? We're at week number eight of the NFL. Kind of like midway to the point, they say, you know, 17 weeks, so once you get to the half of the day, we'll be halfway through the NFL season, but week number eight and week number nine right there. But we're finding out who are the pretenders and the contenders in the NFL, as we'll be looking at all the games here in week number eight. Welcome into the show. Uh, Game going on right now is 3-0 right now in the first quarter. Uh, for the game that's happening over in London, the Philadelphia Eagles on the road to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And a uh, story coming out of there, it's kind of stupid, actually, if you think about it. Uh, but four Jaguars were detained over a bar tab in London. Now, I don't know who the players were or whatever the case may be, but this is a stupid story. But this also goes back to a couple of things that I've got I've got in my mind about the whole situation. So I'll roll into that while we wait for Cuervo to give in here. But this is this is an atypical thing of a NFL player who usually doesn't have to pay for Jack. They go into the bars here in the state, everybody just throws money out it, pays the tap or does whatever ends up happening, all that stuff, you know, and they go over to London and then someone actually has to pull out a wallet um, because they don't think of anything about these guys. And, yeah, they may be superstars, football players, and things of that sort, but the fact of the matter is, and no one, they, it's not the fact that they don't care, but those guys are not pulling out their wallets to pay for their bar tabs. And let me tell you something. This is really stupid when you think about it. What, what, why are they doing this the night before a big game? And it might show the maturity and where the Jacksonville Jaguars are as a team because they, right now, they seem lost. And this is yet another 
you know, another example of that right now. As I'll go ahead and I'm going to bring in Todd. Good morning, Todd. You, you get the big story here of the big game, and then you hear stupid stories about a bar tab and four Jaguars being detained because of it. Uh, just goes to show that they may maybe not have their heads in the game over there. No, I mean, it doesn't seem to be affecting him so far. I'm mean, watching some of it, and Jalen Ramsey just got an interception to stop Carson Wentz, 3 nothing Jacksonville, mainly because of Blake Bortles running on the first series. He had a couple big runs, but especially that also, Sonny, because as a, as a soccer fan, I kind of know uh, uh, what's going on over there, and they uh, changed their, their clocks a week ahead of it, so they lost an hour of sleep last night on top of it, so... If they did that last night, that is uh, that is beyond pathetic. I can understand where you're there for a few days and you maybe you want to explore town, you get a little bit bored or whatever, and you want to, you know, and the English pub seems attractive. But my God, if you're a professional mature athlete, study, come on. The way the it's not like the Jacksonville Jaguars can be celebrating being the King Pumas. I mean, they're they're they should be there on a business trip. Do your little sightseeing the first day or so you're in town and just focus on a football game. My God, as Blake Boros has gotten yeah. pounded. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's pathetic. It's, I don't even want to discuss it, honestly. It's just so stupid. But guess what? When you're this organization, I, I think, honestly, Sonny, it seems like the, 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 natives, the, the, the boys, the players, the natives are running the, the ship with all these issues that are going on off the field. Um they got a bunch of babies over there, and it's like I have no sympathy. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you want to have your fun. Do it the first night or two in town, but, my God, they've been there probably days adjusting to the time zone. Focus on a darn football game. I mean, you better win this game or your chances of making the playoffs are going to the toilet. They go slim right now because you look at Houston, they get the victory on Thursday night. And uh, so that changes the whole uh, situation as far as where the standings are for them. I mean, so they already know Houston's one up on them this week. They have ripped off five in a row and have taken over the AFC South. And Jacksonville still seems to be lost in oblivion right now. As you look at it, Houston's five and three, and even Jacksonville's behind Tennessee, even though they're three and four. They got the tiebreaker. It's the reason why they're there. And Indianapolis trying to get back and get going as well. So that whole division right there is crazy. And if you look at the rest of the AFC, you got to ask yourself the question. Is the wild card going to come out of the south? Well, you look at the east. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen over in the east. And you look over in the north, it could be Pittsburgh, Baltimore, or Cincinnati going in there. And then Kansas City and Los Angeles and the Chargers. So where that, that wild card is going to come out of after if someone wins the division uh, is going to be a big story. But right now, two games behind Houston, they lose this game – uh, if they lose this game tonight, that's where they'll be. I agree, Sonny. Not only, Sonny, the thing is, too, is that you're right. If the Jaguars lose today, they go, they drop to three and five, which would be their fourth consecutive loss. Of course, and I really, I, I'm stunned. And I, I will give Bill O'Brien credit and whatever they've done the last few weeks. Is this is to me a guy that could have lost his job, and all of a sudden. The Houston Texans have found their offense again, and after what they did Thursday yep. night to Miami, 
with Watson throwing for like five touchdown passes and the monster night he had, all of a sudden, Sonny, they now have an offensive line. And the, and the why you're seeing it is because now they're running the ball effectively. And between Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue, and they're having great games the last couple of weeks, and uh, Lamar Miller in particular. And now, all of a sudden, you notice how all everything has changed over there. Where arguably, they may have had the worst offensive line in the league a couple of weeks ago. I guarantee they did. But now, all of a sudden, it's a high-potent offense. So the Texans look like they're on a roll right now. They look like a lot different team. And uh, the Jaguars better be serious. Hey, before we go any further, and I know Mario's coming on here, I want to say publicly to thank you for your efforts with the, the Eagle I built Serta last night on Store Wrestling. Um, I thought you guys did a great job, and I really did enjoy watching it. And um, you guys were worried about how you were going to do. You did fine. I just was a little surprised because the last two matches, well, you know, they allow you to video it, but I appreciate that with the camera. I know the challenge you had and, you know, the efforts that you guys made. It was really fun to watch. That was really fun. And really, I really enjoyed it. Um, So thank you for your efforts to letting us watch as much as we did. Okay. I, I I really, I really enjoyed it. And it, and that that promotion is really fun. Um, and you're right. Our uh, where we were, it looked like we had a great spot, but the uncomfortable uh, situation of where we were in, we were right next to speakers, blowing out you know, blowing out the microphones. It was just uh, take away from that. Um, it, we we learned a lot about where our positioning will be uh, next time if we do it. And, and the main thing is is more is having time and that you know of course i am the hardest working man sports radio maintaining jobs that you know and and doing what we do up on the show here whether it be football a very busy weekend for me here but i went home last night and crashed and i woke up right before the alarm i set the alarm for eight o'clock because i had to get my coffee had to get set and ready to go and i was rest because i was questioning whether or not i was going to be on the air today because i was just just too tired but I woke up refreshed. I may I may have a crash a little bit later on this afternoon, but we'll be ready. But that's what we do here. We go out, we have fun uh, on our calls, whether it be football, whether it be sword championship wrestling, or doing our fun uh, bit that we got going on here on a Sunday morning. That having been said, of course, that's the name of this show, as we are in our uh, ninth season, our 40th show uh, out already. And actually, it's more than that because the number that we had said, I think we're at about 60 in reality uh, episodes of the Couch Potato Sports Show between football, pregame shows, and all the stuff that we do here on Sunday. But just to go over where we are, um, leading in our picks right now, and hopefully I did the math right. I think I did, but we'll find out. But it'll be close enough anyway. Tarvin has taken over uh, – uh, t- took over a couple weeks. However, he's a 69-37-2, but he is followed by Todd and Cuervo, both at 68-38-2, and I am four games behind as I made some reaches this year, but that's okay. 64-42-2 and two, uh, so far, um, and, and you were talking about some of the uh, professionals and so-called experts out there uh, that you keep track of. How are the experts doing? I'll tell you how, right now how they're doing, Sonny, and I thank you for bringing that up. Tarvin is kicking it, and I mean he has killed it. 
because uh, I watch PickWatch is a site that will give you every official media person or the, the so-called top media people. And the list is last week was 113. And that is people that have picked every game on PickWatch. And um, you said the target, I think, has 70 wins, I believe you said. I believe, I believe, Sonny, the leader of the whole thing on PickWatch um, is 72. And um, with, with 72 wins. So Tarvin, because I figured it out this week that Corbel and I would be in the top 18 overall of that 113 list. So Tarvin is like in the top like five or it would be in like the top five or six. So you know what? That's something to be really proud of, honestly. And, um, you know, you, you be, wouldn't be doing bad. You'd be like the middle of the pack. So we're all doing pretty darn well when you really consider it. And that, and that is the experts. And, you know, uh, I remember uh, last week, uh, brand, uh, this guy from the Dallas morning news had the top week. He went 13 and one last week. Um, the only That's game he amazing. lost was, was Carolina and Philadelphia. Uh, I recall this cause I, 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 yeah, I do look it up because I like to see where we stand, but anyway, Charlotte would be like in the top five or six, I think. I don't recall, but, um, I know Corbin and I, we, we would be we would be in the top 18 overall of those 69 wins. So that's pretty darn good out of over well over 100 people that picked this. So yeah, 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 absolutely. We're doing what, we're, do, we're all why, doing we're all holding our own. Yeah, that's why I say you know there's no really big difference compared to the experts. You know, I, I get people watch the TV. I get people watch, you know, the NFL Network, ESPN, and all of that. I understand that. But at the same time, we're right there with them. Uh, they're not much better than what we are. So uh, that's why I'm saying come in and give us a look and give us a uh, listen on the Couch Potato Sports Show. But that having you been know, said, really you know who really sucks in there is Michael Urban. <laughs> I just got to throw that in. Michael Irvin's got like 62 wins, I think, or 60, something like that. Not to single him out, but I'm just saying, I'm saying that just so you know that we we could do, we, we do the same thing these guys do on the air. It's all a matter of opportunity, but I think we do a great service. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. I just, I had to, I had to throw that in. No, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm not, I put it out there. I'm not a fan of Michael Irving. Never have, never will, um, regardless what he does, because uh, all you got to do, if you get the opportunity, read Jeff Perlman's uh, book that is called Boys Will, uh, uh, Boys, uh, will Be Boys. Uh, it's a good book. It's about the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s, and Jeff Perlman also was a guest up on the show uh, when uh, he released Sweetness, a story about, uh, well, the, the the life of uh, Walter Payton, uh, one of my sports heroes when growing up. Um, but I read Boys Will Be Boys, uh, a, a book that he wrote about those 90s Cowboys and the antics that they went through. I didn't like them before, and then I read the book, and then I really didn't like Michael Irvin. So <laughs> it was what it was. So um, as we get off, Cuervo's out getting coffee, getting, grabbing up that hazelnut. So And, and speak of the Man, I, I don't know if he's got his ears burning, but guess no. what? He just walks in just You're as I mentioned it. Somebody. It's Cuervo on a Sunday morning on the couch, the potato sports show. 
Good morning, my friend. You got that? You got the uh, Java ready and going through you, right? Absolutely, Sonny. I, my ear was ringing. I was like, Sonny's talking about me. I'm going to call in right now. And I'm going to interrupt <laughs> him. I think that's what I did. No. You did you did well because we're about ready to go into the first game, but wanted to get your quick take there on uh, what's happening with the Jaguars and their nonsense uh, as far as players. And you sent me that thing while we were at tour last night um, about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the nonsense about the uh, bar tab over in London. Yeah, pretty pretty silly thing to get into a fight over. Um, Apparently, I mean, there, there's more to the story that uh, that I heard. Um, I, think, I think some of the uh, players were under the impression that some of the uh, some of the things were going to be on the house, in other words. And so when they found out that it wasn't, that's when the players got upset. Look, you guys make, you know, at minimum what five hundred thousand dollars salary. You mean to tell me? That you're going to get upset over a whatever two you know thousand dollar tab, whatever it costs, five hundred dollar tab. Like you can't afford it. Like I mean, to me, it's why are you going to make an international incident over a bar tab that is not going to break your pockets? Just pay it. Like what's the big deal? They're just a bunch of babies, Furbo. They're you know that that Jacksonville. That whole Jacksonville thing is just, they're like a bunch of divas over there. The coach can't out control what's going on. Not only that, Corvo, but the thing is that England, you know, just everything. They, they change their clocks a week ahead of us, so you lose an hour of sleep. You've already got the time difference issue. Um, they're such idiots. I mean, just, you want to goof off, you want to party, have your fun, do it the first day or two you're in town. I, just, I, I laugh at this stuff. It's just so... This stuff shouldn't be even making new stories at all. It's pathetic that would even get out, and they would put themselves in the position to even be a story. Because if you know anything about the English tabloids, and these Jaguars have not inexperienced. This is the fourth straight year they've gone to London. Come on. And they don't they, – I, I, listen, I have no sympathy for this garbage. This is garbage to me. It, re, it really is. What? It just goes to show, as I started out talking about this, and uh, Cuervo just just kind of, uh, how do you say, uh, reinforced what I said. That I knew what this was about. I didn't even know about it. I, I just seen the, when I saw the uh, notice that uh, Cuervo sent regarding this, uh, regarding this situation, I'm, I think it was Cuervo, it might have been Tarvin. But it, anyway, when I saw it, and the first thing came to my mind, and that's what I talked about at the top of the hour, is, is that these guys are not in their hometown where they'll, where they'll they can go and do whatever they want for free. And, and speaking of that, Cuervo is right. These guys got so much money. I don't understand what the big deal was. You know, this is a different culture. This is not the United States. They just expect everything to be handed to them on the silver platter. And it goes right to exactly what I talk about when um, kids are going up through high school. And one thing I love about the Rowlett Eagles, this kind of stuff does not happen in the Garland ISC. Um, now, granted, you have some superstars. I, don't get me wrong. Um, but 
the special treatment and things like that didn't happen. So when you go into a different culture, when you go to a different area, you know, you go with a little bit of what's called common decency. And, and those guys didn't go there because wherever they go, they don't have to pick up a tab. You know, that's the reason why they're there, to bring more people in. So it, 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 it's a stupid story. I knew it was going to be that. And, and But, you know, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars whenever they're somewhat good or trying to be good. They do something to shoot themselves in the foot, and that's what they're doing, and they're on that losing streak, and that losing streak is, you know, looking like it's going to continue, but it's tied up now 3-3. Three to three. Uh, It is in the second quarter with 7.43 left to go uh, in that game. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead, hop into the first game here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we cover all the games here. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of the uh, show. We'll go into the first one, and I, I already like this one. It's, it's the 4-3 and three Baltimore Ravens taking on the Carolina Panthers, 4-2. and two. Uh, The Baltimore lost last week. Carolina won last week. And I I look at this game because last week, Carolina Panthers should have lost, or two weeks ago, should have lost the football game. Uh, They got uh, bought, you know, saved by a grand to no 60 some odd yard, 63 yard field goal. And then uh, Baltimore, who's been playing well, but dropped the game last week, uh, which was a sore spot for me. But this one right here. It, 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 Cuervo, this one right here is the epitome of teams not living up to what their uh, potential could be. Uh, obviously, you take a look at their records, 4-3 and three at Baltimore, 4-2 and two for Carolina. This is a team that's not living up to what they sh- you know, could be or should be, depending on who you listen to as far as the quote-unquote experts. Yeah, really. Some, right, and, and, and we've we've talked about Baltimore in that sense for years now. You know, I mean, they, they went from winning the Super Bowl in what 2012 to making the playoffs, missing the playoffs, making the playoffs. It, it just a, an emotional roller coaster. If you're a Ravens fan. Well, that, and, and, and you know, Janet, that's a great question. What have they done for for Ravens fans lately? For the division for themselves like what have they done lately and you know it's it's been a lot of inconsistency just like you said Sonny so now you go up against a team in Carolina who you know kind of a similar story in my opinion where you know it's just an up and down roller coaster so when you really think about it these these teams kind of mirror each other a little bit in the sense of how their you know how their success has been the past three, four, five years. Uh, you know, they both well, got to a Super Bowl. Carolina lost theirs. Baltimore won theirs. But, you know, it, it, it's really, you know, a lot of questions about quarterback. You know, it, it, these teams are exactly alike. And, you know, when it comes to today's game, though, I think I think a lot of it is going to be about, you know, the, you know, defenses and if they can capitalize on, Mistakes that could potentially be made by these quarterbacks, and, and, and well, good the point defense that. that can capitalize, I think we'll have a good chance to win this game. 
and, and good point on that because last week the Eagles didn't capitalize on the Panthers as the Panthers scored 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to get that victory 21-17. And that right there, you, you know, the Eagles, when you see what ends up happening, now they're going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Eagles should win this game, which, by the way, everybody's on the Eagles as far as I know. Uh, I'm the only one that missed the Miami game. Everybody else had Houston on Thursday night. Uh, but this one right here is a classic. Um, you know, you got a Ravens defense that is supposed to be, you know, top-notch, and they're up there in the top three of most of the statistics in the NFL. Yes, they're four and three, third in the, in the AFC North, third in the AFC North. Okay, you're behind Cincinnati and, of course, the Steelers. And, of course, and if you don't watch out, you're going to have the uh, Browns up on your behinds as well because they're, they're, they're knocking up on the door on their behinds too. So Cleveland's 2-4, and four, and they could very well be 4-3 and three right now. So this is a football team in the Baltimore, uh, Baltimore uh, Ravens that I see not living up the potential, doing what you think that they should, especially with if you think Joe Flacco is that that quarterback, and I think he is, but the problem is the inconsistency that he brings is the reason why they're four and three as well. Uh, so um, this one here, I looked at it, and I saw the defense, and I was like, I, 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 I'm on Baltimore in this one. But at the same time, you know, I'll shoot this over to Todd. You see what Cam Newton is able to do if he's under stress or under, uh, uh, you know, things like that. And this is also a team that's ripped off eight in a row, uh, two years in a row, just a few years back. So guess what? There's, are they starting that that eight in a row thing again here and going for it and trying to do it a third time? And you talking. I didn't hear the, I didn't quite hear your last question. Sorry. Oh yeah. I, I was just, you know, I was, I was talking about where they are. Are the Carolina Panthers about ready to roll off and do the eight in a row like they did a couple of years, uh, years no. back. And, you know, no. say, what, say whatever you want. They, they've, they've won a couple in a row. Um, you can't let this team get start getting on a roll on you. Um, I don't know if they're good enough to do that, honestly. I don't think uh, – I don't see the the team that they, that was a couple of years ago that wanted a massive run and had the incredible season they did. I mean, they're not that kind of team anymore. Uh, this is an extremely – this was an extremely tough game for me to pick. Uh, very simply, the reason – uh, I'm, I decided to go with Carolina only because the game's at home. If the game was in Baltimore, I would have picked Baltimore. But you're right; these are two mirror image teams of each other. Both have had gradual declines. Uh, Baltimore misses missed the playoffs like what the last three years or so, and um, three of the last four years, I believe they've been out of the playoff picture altogether. Um, and Carolina, um, they've had everybody knows they've had problems finding an offense, finding go-to receivers, and their defense is not as strong, as powerful as it used to be. Last, uh, last week, yeah, I'll give them some credit. They pulled, out, they pulled out that game. But the one thing that really made me kind of, as we see Blake Borrell sucking it up again, is, uh, uh, well, I guess there Jacksonville's going to go for a field goal uh, to take the lead. But anyway, Sonny, um, the thing that made the difference to me in this game was the fact that Carolina does – run the ball exceptionally, and um, the one thing is they average 5.2 yards a rush, which leads the league. Uh, so the thing is their their ability to run the football 
is to me going to be the big difference because Baltimore has not run the ball very well at all this season. Uh, they're only averaging like four yards a carry. They're like in 26 in the league in rushing. Um, and I, again, Joe Flacco is inconsistent. We saw that last week when the Saints were putting three straight drives together late in the game. Sonny, if you remember, Baltimore's offense just basically stopped. I'll give Joe credit. He drove that team for a touchdown on the last desperate series of the game. And then, of course, uh, Turner missed the kick, and they ended up losing on the point after miss, and they lost that game by one point. But um, Baltimore is, is just a tough team to call uh, because um, I feel their offense is not going to overwhelm and, and you know fool anybody. The thing is, they like most teams, they have to run the ball effectively. Joe Flacco is not going to outpass you, and neither is Cam Newton. This is this is all the makings of a typical, very low scoring, grind out type of game. And the and the reason I went with Carolina is that I just think their defense at home is is a big thing. It seems like when the Panthers play at home, Sonny, their defense is pretty pretty darn tough. Uh, they don't give up a lot of points. You combine that with the fact that um, they run the ball over five yards to get you know carry and. Um, Camden will obviously make some plays with his feet to keep the, the chains moving. Um, it, it just came down to a simple fact for me. The game's at home. Carolina usually steps up their game at home. Um, I, I have them edging Baltimore here today. Cuervo, you, you look at the Baltimore, uh, Baltimore the way they lost the game last week, and, of course, we're talking about that left-hand uh, turn that the kick that came from uh, uh, Tuck, uh, Justin Tucker's normally, you know, the automatic, you know, it, it, crazy ending of that game. Uh, but when you're looking at this game and you focus in on the Ravens, you know, they lead the NFL right now with 27 sacks so far. So that is huge. And then um, – trying to contain Cam Newton from doing what he does naturally, which is he'll try to stay in the pocket for three or four, you know, two or three seconds. And then after that, he will go ahead and go instinct, which is usually means he's going to start running the football. So when you got the dual threat, that is Cam Newton, the Baltimore Ravens, the a traditional defense that is supposedly on the top, as far as the stats are concerned, are going to have to make adjustments to a Cam Newton. They are, Sonny, and um, and I think they're going to adjust. I think they'll be fine. Um, the reason I like Baltimore in this game is just because I think that, you know, while while Todd brings up a very good point that, that Carolina has been running the ball very exceptional, uh, Baltimore is also the best run defense in the NFL. So Carolina's going to have to find another way to move the ball down the field and be able to get in even field goal territory. And honestly, like, you know, I, I mean, the obvious comment here is if you can't run, you have to throw, right? So yep. who's going to be the receiver for the Carolina Panthers that can step up and make some plays? Honestly, I, 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 I have no – I would not have confidence in any of the receivers that the Carolina Panthers are putting on the field today. So – the only really? one that's fun is Funches. So, yeah, and and and, and even he's going to be <clears throat> locked up by a pretty good corner in Jimmy Smith. So, that's going to be yeah. the tough thing for for Carolina is just to be able to move the ball on the field. You know, just because how well Baltimore stops the run, and you know, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe Carolina finds a way to run the ball, and that helps them 
you know, win the game and, and, and control the clock. I just don't see it happening, Sonny. I mean, you're talking about a Ravens defense that's just absolutely stingy against the run. So that, that to me, is going to be the fa- a factor, and that's why I said that the quarterbacks are going to be the difference because both teams really uh, are very good at stopping the run, and it's going to be on on the you know the quarterback play, uh, being able to you know create things in the passing game, and I, I I have a little bit more confidence in the Ravens receiving core with Joe Flacco than I do with Cam Newton. Um, oh, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Cuervo, you think about Flacco right now. He's fifth in the NFL with 2,065 yards, 11 touchdowns, four interse- uh, only four interceptions. John Brown caught 28 passes, 558 yards, four touchdowns, and Crabtree has 35 receptions as well. And uh, so I-, I agree with you. I think there's more weapons on the other side. I think the defense is there. They're going to they're gonna spy on Cam Newton. If you don't, you're going to get burnt. And so Someone's job is going to be watch Cam Newton. So um, Mm -hmm. that whole thing with Baltimore being tied with Cincinnati for second place in the NFC North, they're a half game behind Pittsburgh. Carolina sits one game behind the first place of New Orleans Saints in the NFC North. Both of these teams need them, and it's all about momentum in reality. And right now Carolina has that momentum, but I'm right there with you, Cuervo. I want to see him be able to get somebody. I don't think they have enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball uh, to get the ball downfield. If they're going to depend on Cam to win the football game, I think they lose this one. So I'm on Baltimore as well. So it, it's uh, it's one of those things. It, it, it's going to be a good one. Go ahead there, uh, Cuervo. Oh, no, I, I wasn't going to make a comment. So I, I, I might have okay. that wanted to make a comment real quick. Devin Funches, if Devin Funches is your top receiver, uh, I agree that's an issue. And he only has three touchdowns of the season. But, again, you know, it's just, as I said, this is this for me, as I said, was a very, very difficult game to call. Yeah, I can see Baltimore's at the top of the league in defense. They're, they're third against the rush. Um, they're going to need more than Christian McCaffrey. But I, I, I just trust that Cam will make enough plays. This is one of those games, guys, that honestly, to me, it's going to come down to an end-of-the-game field goal or, or a touchdown. And as I said, if this game – was in Baltimore. They're, they're, I am completely believe that the Ravens. I would have picked them. I can see why you guys picked uh, picked uh, uh, Baltimore here. Um, but as I said, I I just decided to go with this. And um, but it's 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 gonna be a, it's gonna be a good game. And as I said, I just think Carolina at home. They play really really good defense at home, and I just think they'll step up their game today um, enough to slow that team down. But uh, it's going to be a very, very good game, and I guarantee I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of that on Red Zone this morning. Definitely. So, you know, uh, Baltimore, Baltimore for me, Cuervo. We'll get Tarvin's picks, and Todd is on the Carolina Panthers, which is going to take us into our next game. Let me hit this button right here. Let's find out who that is. Say that again there, Cuervo. Well, for the, for that game, I'm pretty sure Brian's going to go with his Carolina Panthers for that pick. Got it. 
Well, well, yeah, you know the, the Carolina fan that he is, and a Cam fan that he is. We'll find out if he if he takes the stretch and goes Baltimore. That takes us to the next game. Cleveland. I don't have a lot to say about this. I just like the game. Two and four and one. Cleveland Browns. They've lost two in a row. Pittsburgh's won two in a row. A classic eight. AFC North battle, but, you know, Cleveland's a little bit better, obviously, as you take a look at this football team as they've moved forward and have had success this year, which is kind of nice to see in reality uh, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, But Pittsburgh is just a better football team. They're at home. That tied nothing in week number one in reality. Uh, No matter if they won or lost, you know, Pittsburgh at home. Cleveland, you know, is they're rounding out to be a good football team, and they're doing exactly what you expect a rookie quarterback and a new team with a new attitude to do, which is show signs of improvement uh, for, you know, for the season, Cuervo. But, you know, you look at the records two and four, four and three for Pittsburgh, they could be right there. But it's going to be about, to me, it's just going to be the Ben Roethlisberger uh, Brown uh, show out there out on the football field because that weak defense of the Cleveland Browns, Ben Roethlisberger is just going to pick it apart, Cuervo. Yeah, you know, you would would think so, right? You know, and and the pretty obvious topic in this game is, is the offense of the Steelers against the lack of defense of the of the Cleveland Browns. Let me tell you something though, guys. This and we've said it every week, yet it just kind of seems like people don't want to give Cleveland Browns any credit for the improvements that they've had this year. And, and thank you, Corvo. Yeah, you know, I, I really feel like this could be a close game. I really agree. And I know this game's in catch-up field. I understand that. And and I'm going to take the Steelers to win this game, but I'm telling you, Sonny, Todd, it's going to be close. It's going to be really close. And and, that, and that's going to be about pressure on the quarterback as they got that young cat that came out first round draft pick. I can't think of his name. That guy's a badass, and he, he's been, and he has been putting it to him. His name will come to me sooner or later. You know, as Sonny does this off the top of his head, except looking for some stats. The names are not coming there, but uh, they've got that that defensive line for the Cleveland Browns. If the Browns are going to win that football game, they are going to have to depend upon that defensive line getting in there, Tar. Uh, getting a set there, Todd. I agree, but I, I also agree with Sonny. And I think the Cleveland Brown, Miles Garrett, has got seven sacks on the season. That's He's a threat. I, I, yeah, I listen. I, I, I agree with Cuervo on this. And I think that, you know, we all have to be pretty sympathetic with the Cleveland Browns because, very honestly, guys, I think they're doing just fine. Honestly, two, four, and one. Um, look, everybody wanted just this team to be competitive this season and, we, and to take the next step. They're doing that. They're they're in these games. Yep. I mean, the only game they have been blown out lately was the Charger game. And uh, but I think they're doing fine, and people just need to leave them alone. Uh, we know that Maple's going to have his ups and downs. Um, but I, I agree, because every time we think, all of us, that the Steelers are going to rock, and we figure, oh, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown show, uh, this, this will be easy. It hasn't been easy. And you got to remember, these two teams – Still stink defensively. They're both giving up almost 25, over 25 points a game. They're in the bottom third of the league. They're still very shaky on the defensive end. And the Steelers still need a big performance uh, without Bell with from Ben Roethlisberger on a week-to-week basis. 12 touchdowns, six interceptions, Sonny. 
Um, but Cleveland can come after the quarterback, and uh, I don't think it's going to be a slam dunk here. Plus, uh, the you know the fact that these teams, these teams already played guys. If you remember at the beginning of the season, and the game ended in a sister sister tie, basically. Uh, so. Uh, you know, the Steelers are going to kind of let that game get away, missing a field goal that could have won that game. Um, they're at home. But I just think, yeah, I obviously would have to trust Ben Roethlisberger and his experience over Mayfield in this situation. And, uh, you know, you combine that with the crowd at, at Hines, um, you know, that can maybe rattle Mayfield a little bit. It's a rivalry game. These teams hate each other's guts. Uh, so, I think it's kind of a little bit of a revenge game, more or less, for the Steelers, because they probably felt they let one get away against the team that, let's be honest, over the years, they have just absolutely dominated. And I just cannot very honestly see them slipping up at home today. But as I said, it's not going to be, I don't think, the easy romp that in the old years past you think Cleveland and Pittsburgh. But these games are tough, because I remember even a couple of years ago, guys, if you remember, where Cleveland was winless, and they went into Pittsburgh, if you remember correctly, in the last game of the season. I'm sure you guys remember this. If you remember right, Cleveland took that game to overtime before they lost. I recall that. So it, it's not going to be an, an easy victory for the, for the mighty Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I don't think it's going to be at all. I do, I do think they have enough, to be honest with you, to win this game. Mayfield, six touchdowns, five interceptions on the season. Um, you know, I just think that obviously with Ben Roethlisberger and, and the defensive pressure of the Steelers that um, they'll get to Mayfield and make a, a couple of mistakes. But uh, Mayfield will, will get some numbers. He'll put some points on the scoreboard, guys. But I, I, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh to win this small game. And you guys, you guys are drinking the oh yeah Kool Aid on on the Cleveland Browns. Listen, this is not a good football team. They got the aspects, like you said, they're getting better. The the, the Steelers are going to blow these guys out of the water today, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. All right, that first game was an embarrassment. I'm talking about an embarrassment for them going into week number one on a team that, that, that hadn't won forever. So, in reality, yeah, you know, you look at everything, Ben Roethlisberger, definitely the better quarterback out of the two. I mean, you even said it on the staff about Mayfield. He's got more interceptions and touchdown passes. And that's what it's going to be about, the yakety yak. It's going to be Ben Roethlisberger. It's going to be Antonio Brown. My eyes are going to bleed by the end of this one because it's a come-to-Jesus for all those Kool-Aid drinkers of the Cleveland Browns. Now, I'm not saying that they're not getting better. In fact, I said they would win six games this season, but it's oh, not going to be against this one. It is the a- it's an AFC North matchup, and the the simple fact the Cleveland Browns having a chance to win this game, or even and I don't even put it out there, or even looking. I don't think good. so, Tim. I don't think so either, Al. I think this is going to be an ugly. Gonna win, I think it's going to be an ugly game. Ugly. We're not saying they're going to win. <laughs> We're not saying calm down, Sonny. We're not saying they're going to win. I just think it's going to be closer. They're going to blow them out. I mean, this, I mean, this is the epitome. This is the, the this is the kind of game. And I know people. Blasphemy! Yeah. Blasphemy! 
I know Steven. I know people are, you know, thinking that I don't like. I, I love the Cleveland Browns. I love what they're doing. But this game right here sets up for what is that atypical AFC North battle Cuervo that we see each and every year. But the simple fact of the matter is. The Browns right now, what they've got to do is they got to take that big step. This is what I'll say. If the Cleveland Browns get this victory against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'll drink the Kool-Aid to where I can see them being competitive against good football teams. This right here, where we are in the season, is where the Pittsburgh Steelers start stretching their legs and becoming the team that they're going to be, whether they're going for the playoff slash Super Bowl or if they're just going to stink. And it usually starts this week, Cuervo. Yeah, you're right, Tony. Um, this year's different, though. The, the Steelers, the 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 season, the, the everything that's going on within the organization is a little bit different. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into factor. First of all, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is, is he's obviously on the decline of his career. You know, I mean, he, he's he's past. I agree. He's not he's not the quarterback that he was, you know, five, seven years ago. So I think that, that one's the obvious one, right? Number two, the defense. Look, when we think Pittsburgh Steelers, guys, and, and especially you gentlemen uh, who come from, from the, the generation of the Steel Curtain, um, that's what we think of when, when we think of Pittsburgh Steelers. Just a nice way of saying something. old. <laughs> this... this Wise, Tony. No, not old. Wise. Very wise. Wise. There we go. um, But I'll tell you, this defense is nowhere even close to remotely representing anything that was the Steel Curtain Pittsburgh Steelers. Even even the even the Steelers with with Troy Polamalu and and and. Uh, Joey Porter and James Harrison 10 years ago, this defense doesn't even sniff how good those defenses were. So that's number yes. two. Last but not least, number three, you've got an internal problem with, with a star player, which, which I'm s- surprised. I cannot believe that they haven't done anything with Le'Veon Bell. And, he, and on top of that, he didn't keep his word. He didn't, he didn't keep his word. He said he was going to come back during the bye. The bye week came, came and gone. No Le'Veon Bell. Sonny, this is very unstealer-like that they're allowing this guy to dictate what what is happening with him. Um, so that that's the third thing. So that's that's a lot. That's a lot of the reason why my. I guess faith or belief in the Pittsburgh Steelers is not what it normally is it's because things are different this year, you know, with, with, with how they're handling business, the production, everything about the Steelers is just, just not the same. It's not the typical expectation that you have with a, with a franchise like the Steelers, you know, six times Super Bowl champion, all that good stuff. Right. Or five times, whatever. Um, six, but, you know, yeah, um, that's right. They do have six. So, you know, when you factor all that stuff in, that's that's really what led to the, uh, how week one turned out. Nobody was expecting a tie, let alone 
the Steelers not winning that game. Um, and, and that's why you, you've seen the Steelers be up and down all season. You've seen the way that – or the lack of control of the Le'Veon Bell situation. Um, but, you know, nor, and, and normally, yes, around this time of the year, yeah, this is when the, the Steelers start to kick in stride and, and nobody's stopping them. Maybe if New England's on the schedule, that's probably the only loss they're going to take maybe the rest of the year. But I'm telling you, Sonny, this year's different, okay? You go back to week one, um, you know, Baker Mayfield almost got them to win in week one. Oh, wait a minute. Baker Mayfield didn't play that game. That was Tyrod Taylor. This is different Browns team. Yes. This is different Browns team. They've won, what are they, two and two since Baker Mayfield took over? For Cleveland Browns standards, that's phenomenal, okay? Absolutely. Just throwing that out there. Uh, so, with that said, look, just like Todd said, I'm not saying the Browns are going to win this game. What I'm saying, though, is the Browns are going to make this a competitive game. And Baker Mayfield is going to give the Pittsburgh Steelers all they have because I think that Baker Mayfield is smart enough to know that this is an opportunity for him to really put a mark on, on his name in this division. All right, I'm not going to go into the whole, like, hey, watch out, AFC, here comes the Cleveland Browns. No, 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 because it starts in the division. And if they can go in there and just be competitive and really put the Steelers on their heels today, that puts everybody, the other, the other two teams, on top of Pittsburgh in that division, puts them on notice and says, look, the Cleveland Browns, they are not a check in the box anymore. They are not a, oh, look, we got Cleveland on the schedule today. That's a win. Not going to happen. That's not that's not the case anymore. So that's why I think you know Mayfield may play some inspiring football today, but uh, at the end of the day, you know the, the Steelers are going they're going to defend their their home territory and they're not going to allow the Cleveland Browns of all teams to come into their house deal of victory. So I like Pittsburgh. And that's the reason I'm why. picking the Steelers. Yeah, I know I'm telling you, it's going to be. It's going to be a three-point game, three or less. It's going to be a route. It, it, it's going to it's going it, to be a route. I mean, well, we'll I, see. I, I'm going to tell you right now. They they are going to route them. That they are going to demoralize them, and it's going to start in the first quarter. And I'm going to tell you that Steelers are going to get off to a quick start before you know it's going to be 14 nothing, maybe 17 nothing, and Cleveland's going to be sitting there holding their jock, trying to figure out what's going on. Because right now, if this and this is now granted, this is the great Swami here trying to to read the future on what's going on. If it's going to start right. Now, this is the time for it to start, and it's the right appointment. I don't even care if it's the Cleveland Browns being better defensively. Um, I, and I agree with you, I, almost everything you said. But what is – and the main thing, the main thing that you said, Ben Roethlisberger on the decline, absolutely. But those guys that are on the decline – Every once in a while, they pull one right out of their ass, and then guess what? They they're blowing out football teams now. And, and I do like Cleveland. I, you know, six games. I mean, I've given them six games. I'm giving them a lot. I, I didn't give them this game. Didn't give them game number one either because I don't think they're going to beat the Steelers. I think they'll beat teams outside their own division because the AFC North is one of the toughest divisions of football. But 
Um, I just don't see it. I see this one getting ugly. I see it getting out of hand, and, I, and then I can see all the Cleveland Brown people, you know, crying with a tear in their beer and getting back to reality at least for one week because they're going to be back. And that's This is just the game. It's going to give them a come to Jesus and not back down to reality that they are the Cleveland Browns, and they'll come back. But that's what good football teams do, and that's what Cleveland is, I'll say. They're a good football team. They're getting better. But they need this game, and they actually need to get blown out by this team because it's in their uh, division in order for them to get better. And I believe that they, I believe that with all the teams in the NFL, they got to win the big game um, or get blown out in the big game. And that's what I see going on. Now, heading on to the next one, it's the Denver Broncos, three and four out of the season. Uh, and you say what you want, Denver. They win last week. Kansas City, they win last week. Uh, so we're coming into an AFC West showdown here. I don't have a lot to say about this because, you, I, and God, I hate this. Because, uh, all right, I'll say it, Cuervo. I hate the fact that this Patrick Mahomes kid is so good. I'm, I'm not to the point where I hate him because he is good. Right now, I just hate the fact that he is good. Uh, sooner or later, I have a feeling I'm going to hate this guy because he's so good, um, and I don't, li- I don't like these kind of guys. But here's one thing I do like Pat, uh, about Patrick Mahomes. First of all, he's a Kansas City Chief. Second of all, he seems to have his head straight. He hasn't blown up on ego, and that's one of the huge things I like about this guy. Uh, he's that successful, 6-1. and one. They beat the Broncos 27-23 just a month ago. Um, so, you know, and the Broncos failed to win um, when they held the Chiefs, you know, down to a low-scoring thing. So, I, I guess I'm looking at this game, Cuervo. I, I don't have a lot to say about it because I think Kansas City is going to win it, especially at their home at Arrowhead. What are you looking at in this game, uh, even though when you take a look at it, 22 touchdown passes on the season for Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, and I think he's got, what, either one or two interceptions, right? Hold on a second. I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, only two. Oh, he's got five. Never mind. He's got five interceptions. I thought he yeah, still had right. that. Yeah, that's right. He threw two in the one game. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I thought he was still, like, on this crazy streak where he had, like, only one interception or something. But regardless, 22 touchdown passes in, what, six games, seven games? Uh, that's yeah. pretty good for 37 for, points a game, Cuervo. I mean, that that's pretty serious for a second-year quarterback. Yeah, and you know what? And the running game's really not there for the Chiefs this year. The the, the running game's been pretty disappointing. Uh, Kareem Hunt only has 542 rushing yards on the season. Now, he's got five touchdowns, and that's great, but, you know, I mean, it's just not – it's it's not, uh, uh, you know, what it was, you know, before, like a Jamal – when Jamal Charles was there or – or what were you were used to seeing with with a guy like a Priest Holmes before Jamal Charles Good point. was there? So that the the running game of the, the Chiefs is kind of kind of fizzled away. But um, you know, I, I I tell you, I like. By the way, uh, just a quick update: it's halftime in London. Uh, the Eagles are leading ten to six. Carson Wentz throws a late touchdown to the rookie. Uh, the rookie. Uh, Tight end Dallas Dallas Got, Go, Goddard Goddard however you say his name. Anyways, it's ten six to half. So just a quick update on that. But going back to this one, um, you know, I, I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. 
And, and the reason I say that is because I think it's going to be high scoring. I think we're going to see big plays. Uh, you know, on both sides, you've got you've got big play receivers in, in Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs, and you know, surprisingly, Emmanuel Sanders has stepped his game up. Uh, yeah, he has. For the Broncos, and and I know Todd knows that better than anybody, but I, I I I am a little surprised by how well Emmanuel Sanders and, and the rapport that he has with Case Keenum already, and how those two have connected. It, it almost it kind of it, it kind of makes you think like, well, yeah, no wonder Gal or Denver is is looking at trading Demary Thomas away is because they they just they're just involving. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders a lot more this year in in, in passing game than they are Demarius Thomas. So, yeah, uh, and, and I think the money I think the money thing is 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 a part of it too. But, um, but yeah, I mean Emmanuel Sanders has played exceptional this year. Definitely, and you look at Case Keenum right now. Is the problem basically when you look at Keenum is is that he's got more interceptions than touchdown passes, nine to eight. Um, and, but he had one touchdown and one pick against the Cardinals. Uh, but Denver, what they need is they need to have Emmanuel Sanders have a game like he did last week against the Cardinals. Six uh, catches for 102 yards. Philip Lindsay also uh, averaging 5.8 yards a carry. That's monster, by the way. Um, and then after. After, uh, rushing for 90 yards on 14 attempts against that Arizona game, so so here's the thing, I, you know, don't fall in love with this, okay? Uh, you know, when you when you look at this, it was the Arizona Cardinals, and I don't think we're going to get a lot from the uh, from the Broncos, but I'll bring Todd. To we're getting some feedback from your mic, but you know, th- th- you know, this is a team that's capable of doing some good things. But I look at the fact that they played the Cardinals last week. Don't think that you just won the Super Bowl because you're about ready to meet the, the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Yeah. I'm trying to really throw that result right out the window, Sonny, realizing the challenges that Denver has today on the road in Kansas City. Well, I was I was disappointed because I I have really been upset with Case Keenum, okay? And unfortunately now he will never be challenged because I'm sure you guys heard the report this week that the guy that I wanted to see in there, Chad Kelly, was cut because of a domestic issue which was not his yep. first problem, and he was let go this week. So the Broncos now have no challenger to Case Keenum. He'll be there till, till they say in marriage, till death to us part, because the backup is the beloved mechanical Kevin Hogan from Stanford and formerly from the Washington Redskins as their backup quarterback. So he will be no threat or challenge. So Case Keenum will be in there. Unfortunately, whether he throws 10 interceptions in a game or whatever. So, but adding back to Emmanuel Sanders, you're right. If anything, he seems to be having a career year. I don't think I've ever seen him play better. And he has yeah, 46 receptions on the season. I haven't. He has 46 receptions on the season. You're right. There is a chemistry with him and Case Keenum. Demarius Thomas, meanwhile, the usual enigma. It's not that he's got horrible numbers. He's got 33 receptions on the season, uh, three touchdowns. But, again, I expect more from this guy. And I, I always expect more from this guy. He's the biggest underachieving receiver in the game today. He still will draw passes. Uh, you know, the thing about it is is that, yeah, I think that Vaughn Miller, the way he has been playing lately, the last couple of games, and Bradley Chubb 
Uh, maybe it could be able to create some problems for Patrick Mahomes. I'd like to hope so. But, again, again, it just comes down to the fact that, uh, you know, Kansas City now has seen Denver already. They've made their adjustments. They'll be a lot more prepared this week than they were in the first half of the Monday night game. And uh, Andy Reid is a master uh, of adjustments during a game. And if Denver throws a different stutter look or whatever, and Mahomes is confused, they'll just make an adjustment down the sideline and figure it out. I, I like this game for Kansas City not only because it's obvious that they have a better record and a better team, but if very honestly, a better coaching staff. That for me is as big of, of a, as uh, any spread. That's worth more than a home field advantage. I trust Andy Reid in a minute over the lame brain that coaches the Broncos. Uh, so yeah. as far as I'm concerned, I, I have complete trust in this. Not only that, Kansas City, boy, if they play defense, which is we all know is their weakness, and they're near the bottom of the league. Look what they did last week to Cincinnati. And the Bengals, they made them look awful. Let's be honest, the Bengals are not chopped liver. They have a good offense. And Kansas City held them to 10 points. That is a great sign for Kansas City last week because if they can play defense like that and score points the way they do, this team can be a Super Bowl team. I still think it's going to come down to Kansas City New England for the AFC Championship. I, can't, I cannot see any way around it. Um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't trust Case Keenum if you, if you, uh, you know, had me a $1,000 bill and say trust him. Uh, I yeah. don't trust him. Um, and Demur, you know, as I said, he and Sanders will make it up, will make some plays, Sonny. Um, but the thing is, is that I just, you know, and Denver has some decent pieces. You know, I'm, I'm, I love Chris Harris in, in, in the secondary. You know, he's a hitter. Uh, yeah. and what I, I don't think he, he's going to put up 40 points necessarily, Sonny. Um, I, I could see 27 to, you know, maybe somewhere there, maybe 30. I can see Denver maybe putting up 21, something along those lines. But I just, I, again, you know, Case Keem is never going to win a shootout, especially over Patrick Mahomes. So I, I'm all over Kansas City in this. This is a, this to me is as, it may not be my lock of the week, but it's as close to a lock of the week as possible. And by the way, uh, this I believe this is Denver's eighth game. Sonny, uh, this is now, the, I think, at least the fourth time I picked against Denver. So everybody knows that I don't just pick for my team. I'm going Kansas yep. City. How's that? Yeah, well, you're just like me. I very rarely pick the Jacksonville Jaguars to get a win you know, as far as what they're due. But having been said, you know, Patrick Mahomes, and I hate to do this, and I'm glad that he's not listening. You know, but when I watch Patrick Mahomes, Cuervo, he reminds me of a young quarterback that, you know, the ability to make plays when he leaves the pocket. He reminds me of, you know, a young, a young, the San Francisco Steve Young. Uh, and I, and I don't want him to get the big head. I hope he keeps a you know level head like a Steve Young. And that's yet another reason why it kind of reminds me of him because the simple fact of the matter is he's a really kind of a humble young kid and just playing football. Uh, so again, 22 touchdown passes, including four uh, when they beat the Bengals last Sunday, 45 to 10. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show, Cuervo. You look at this whole situation here, Patrick. Mahomes, who do you have in this one? Oh, I'm going Kansas City, too, guys. Uh, but I think it's going to be a shootout. I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch. I hope the red zone covers a lot of this game. 
because it's going to be fun. You know, I, I can yep. see, you know, uh, another, uh, you know, 45 to, to 38 type game. Um, I, I think both quarterbacks are going to have monster days. I think that Tyreek Hill and Emmanuel Sanders could have monster days. <clears throat> you know, so it's, it's going to be a shootout. Uh, this could be one of those last team to have the ball wins type of game. Uh, but honestly, in the end, I think Kansas City will find ways to make a few more plays than, than the Broncos will. And, you know, I would say probably maybe 45-35 that the, you know, the Chiefs you know, the win. the spread in this game is 10 points, Cuervo. The spread in this game is 10 points. It's, wow. That, that yeah. should tell you something as well. You know, home football yeah. team, Patrick Mahomes, Broncos. It says a lot about the Broncos. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what's the over under? If, if if do you have that number? Uh, it was fifty four. So you were right on that oh, number. Oh no way! No yeah. way! Yeah, all right, I marked that fifty two. Way over that. It's, it's 50, way 50, over. Yeah, that. The, the, way over it. I think you're right. I think it's gonna you know you know it's gonna be in at least in the sixties. So right now, Blake Bortles six to seven, uh, twenty five yards. You know, atypical. Uh, 11, 18, 155 yards touchdown interception for Carson Wentz. You know, atypical. What's going on? You know, you know, I, you, know you gotta love those Jacksonville Jaguars. But hey, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a break. Cuervo, take five minutes because when we come back, we're gonna be talking about the New York Jets taking on the the Bears. We'll do that on the other side here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said. We'll be right back. At Lesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. 
At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance. Serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costcoinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as we got Cuervo Todd on as we're talking NFL just real quick. Trade line deadline is Tuesday, 4 o'clock. It's going to be crazy. You also have guys wanting trades in Tampa Bay. We'll talk about that. Injury update that I'm just looking at. Chris Thompson of the Washington Redskins has knees uh, and rib problems. So uh, he's probably going to go ahead and he's questionable. Matt uh, Breda, uh, he is an ankle for, and he's questionable for San Francisco. LaShawn McCoy, concussion. Uh, we'll find out what's going on. That game uh, is on Monday. And then uh, Sonny Michael with a knee. He's doubtful for Monday night's football game. Uh, Rice Freeman, ankle for the Broncos. Delvin Cook, a hammy, hammy. Uh, he is out. Uh, and, right, and right away, Rice Freeman with the ankle is out. Uh, Delvin Cook, out. Leonard Fortet, uh, Fournette, 
hamstrings, obviously out there playing, theoretic out with the knee. So that's your quick update on some of the injuries that we're looking at here in the NFL as we go ahead and we go to the game that we were talking about a little bit earlier before we went into the break. That means it's time to talk about the New York football Jets. And going up against, oh, wow, I'm just, maybe I just lost the internet. I think I just lost the internet, but that's fine. We're up on air. And um, can you hear me there, Cuervo? Can you hear me there, Cuervo? Loud and clear, sir. Loud and clear, sir. Definitely want to make sure. Uh, That having been said, let's talk about this one. It's the New York Jets and the Chicago Bears. The New York Jets. Last week. The Bears are on their consent of a two-game losing streak as well, uh, but this game is at home for the Chicago Bears. Uh, it, the injuries are beginning to mount up, even against their superstar that they pulled over, you know, from Oakland Cuervo. So, um, you know, you look at Khalil Mack and his injury situation. Will he be ready for the game? Talk a little bit about your Bears as they take on a Jets team that is just god awful and and. and and I'm sorry, this is just not a good football team. And as much as I love the coaching staff, the coaching staff's got to go up in New York. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you're a big Todd Bowles fan, Sonny, but uh, it, it's not quite working out. Love him as and, a defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's not he's not panning out as a, as a head coach very much. Uh, the, you know, this offense is pretty bad nope. i mean granted sam darnold i tell you you know he's he's playing he's playing well um not playing great uh he's not on like he's playing you know, like Patrick Mahomes level. yeah i mean and, and what you expect out of a rookie he's going to make his mistakes every now and then i mean hell his first throw in the nfl was a pick six in week one if you remember so yeah um you know yeah. there's there's a learning there's definitely a learning curve there for him but um yeah i think i think this this jets team i mean Really, if you really want to look at the issues offensively, I mean, it starts with the receiving core. They've got guys yes. starting that I've never heard of. Um, yep. And for 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 football junkies like us, Sonny, if we've ne- if we have never heard your name before, then that's a problem because that's a problem. We know or you play for or you play for Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. You know, you play for guys that make guys who are nobody's big names. And that's what happens until until that happens. They remain no names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and, and I'll tell you, none of these guys have played for Peyton Manning. I can almost guarantee you that. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, you can't really expect much out of a rookie quarterback. He's gotten absolutely nobody to throw the football to. And then, you know, I, I, you can call it making an excuse for Sam Darnold, but that's, I mean, what, you, what can you really say? Like if he has nobody to throw the ball to, I mean, he can't, you know, he can't turn water into wine. So, uh, you know, until Sam Darnold has a, a, a reliable weapon to throw to, I mean, he's just going to have to tough it out. There's really no nothing yep. else to say about it. And thank you for our Sunday morning uh, religious quote. Appreciate that. But guess who's online? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, my internet not working. Is it, can you hear it? I I, I, mean, I can't hear it. But you know, I'll bring him on in. I you know, I click the button and it's clocking for Brian Tarvin. Hopefully, hope it, hey Brian, are you in there? 
Do I got Brian? Hold on one second. Brian, I, I, here, now let's try it. Man, my internet is dying out on me. This is not good. Try again. Come on. All right, Brian, don't go anywhere. I'm in the process of trying to get you unmuted. When my internet goes down, I got to go uh, background, so I'm going to try to get you. There he is. There it's Brian's harvest. Morning, I, got, I got you. How you doing, Brian? Doing well. Hey, you lead, you lead the picks by one over uh, uh, Cuervo and Todd. You're at 69 and 37. The other is uh, Todd and Cuervo at 68, 38, uh, and 2. There's your song. That just goes to show how slow the, the internet's backed up. I love and I'm the at 64. I'm four games behind. How you doing today, my friend? Honey, are you still on that AOL dial-up internet? Yeah, it might be, you know. That's the reason why I switched to what I'm doing on the plane here, using a different kind of cellular uh, thing for us talking. But, yeah, we're still stuck with the internet here. That's not not the best around here. But, yeah, we're a little behind this clock. But I'm glad you're here. How you doing, my friend? Doing well. Ready to watch my Panthers and Ravens today. It's going to be a good one. Well, talk about that really quick. We'll go over the games that we've talked about. Give a quick synopsis on that, Baltimore, Carolina. Are you are you keeping with your boy Cam Newton going up against uh, Baltimore and seeing how they're home? Yeah, and, and here's the deal. They had their bye week, Carolina did, two weeks ago. They came out last week a little sluggish on the road at Philadelphia. They got cranking in that second half. But Baltimore, you know, I still think they may be a little overrated. Uh, when they're home, they're very good. They lost to the Saints. I just think, you know, the Vegas made Baltimore a favorite in this game. I think they missed it. I think I emailed you guys Sunday of last week when I saw the line. I was like, jump on Carolina in this game. Uh, Baltimore's not a good road team. Carolina is a very good home team, and they rush the ball very well. So it's going to be interesting. I'm not saying Carolina can't lose, but – I look for Cam to have a, a bigger performance, a better performance than he has. He just hasn't had that breakout game yet, but uh, it's coming. I don't know if Baltimore is who you break out against, but I just think Cam's playing a lot better efficiency-wise. He's not turning the ball over. He's, he's taking the throwing it out of bounds, hunting the ball, living to fight another day. So that's a maturity part of Cam Newton I'm seeing with North Turner as the offensive coordinator. So I'm just excited to see what they look like today. I can't gauge it much on the Eagles last week. I'm not big on the Eagles either. So, I want to see how they play today against the Ravens at home. All right. And quick on this one, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, yeah, have you drank enough of the uh, the Cleveland Brown Kool-Aid to pick them over Pittsburgh and Hines? No, they're going to get skull drug today in Pittsburgh. Thank Pittsburgh's you. coming off a bye. Let's not, let's not forget about that. Pittsburgh's coming off a bye week. And – you know, they're probably a little ticked that Cleveland tied them last time. Remember, Cleveland turned the ball, or Pittsburgh turned it over, what, five or six times or something against Cleveland, and Cleveland still couldn't beat them. So I don't think they'll have that bad of a performance today coming off a of bye week. So I'm not on Cleveland. I think they're better than what they were last year. God, it's hard not to beat. But they're not going to beat anybody. Their defense is really starting to fall apart, in my opinion. I know people think that's a strength of the team, but – I'm not very impressed with that defense. They give up way too many yards and points. 
Yeah, and that's in the secondary. They got uh, that defensive line that's working good. Kansas City at home against Denver. What do you think about this one? Be careful with this one. I'm going to pick Kansas City, but I'm telling you, watch for the upset today. Kansas City's been playing very well in some of these primetime games. They're putting up a lot of points. They beat Denver on the road last time in Monday Night Football. I think this could be a very close field goal game. I'm going to pick Kansas City, but very close. And Arrowhead, you know, I'm up on that. That takes us to where we're at here really quick. I'm going to shoot this over to Todd. You know, you look at this situation as far as the Bears. I have the Bears. I'm not even really thinking about this. It's more in the fact that just the Jets suck. Um, it's easy to figure out who's the better quarterback, who's the be- who's got the better defense on this one. So, Todd, when you're looking at this one and trying to figure out who's going to do what, who do you have in this one? I got you in, Todd. Go ahead. All right, real quick, guys. Uh, swing pass out of the backfield, big play, touchdown. Good luck now, Blake Bortles. Good luck. You'll need it. 17-6 to Philadelphia uh, in the third, middle of the third quarter. This, this game, folks, uh, Jets and the Bears, if I'm, this is to me, this is a game that really is going to, I think, possibly make or break the direction of the remainder of Chicago Bears season. We all were hoping for their improvement this year. We all were excited when they were three and one, and I know Cuervo was. And they've taken two difficult losses on the on the trot, so to speak, at dropping the three and three. If you lose a game today to the Jets at home. You could be looking south and ending all this progress that the Bears have done up to now. And uh, this is, to me, a game that the Bears, it's, it's, to me, for them, is it is a very critical game, not so much for any playoff hopes for this year, but certainly to make this team continue to be improved and how they're going to do the rest of the year. So that's, that's one thing I look at right there. To me, it's a crossroads game. Everybody has one in the season. This, for me, is the one for the Chicago Bears. As far as the Jets are concerned, you have to respect their two-pronged rushing attack with Powell and Cole. That's a factor. But, again, Sam Darnold, as you guys are right, has looked more like a rookie in the last couple of weeks. Ten touchdowns, ten interceptions. And outside of maybe one bad game, Mitchell Trubinsky has been pretty consistent with the 13 touchdowns and six interceptions. Both teams defensively, we all know, are not great. Chicago's giving up 22 points a game. The Jets are giving up about uh, 26. Um, you know, Sam Darnold may make some plays, but he also will make some mistakes. And I, I have to say that I just cannot see him being able to carry his team to a victory, which I, I really kind of sense they would have to do against the fourth-ranked rushing defense of the Monsters and the Midway to Chicago Bears. Yeah. 87 yards allowed a game rushing. Um, and if they, you know, stuff the run, that means you're going to force Darnold to win the game through the air. Um, I don't honestly see that happening. Both quarterbacks get sacked a fairly amount of equal times. Um, I, I, I have to say that whether even Mac is healthy or not, guys, uh, this, this is too much of a daunting situation of, to expect the Jets to go in there and win on the road, and I, I cannot see that happening. Uh, I have to go for Chicago. I have to yeah, go for Chicago. 
Yeah, when, when you look at that, and I'm still getting some feedback, so I'm going to put you back up on the mute there, Todd. Um, you know, I, I look at this game, it, it's really quick. Mitchell Trubinsky right now, if, if you looked at the games, okay, and the quarterbacks against the defenses this in, in this week, you got Patrick Mahomes probably got, has the easier uh, run today against Denver. The, uh, Aaron Rodgers have the uh, – uh, the Rams, so he's gonna he's gonna have a challenge on. Tom Brady has Buffalo, which is kind of nice for him. Roethlisberger, Cleveland. Dalton has Tampa Bay. Andrew Luck has Oakland, and then Trubisky has the Jets. I mean, so you look at Denver as Buffalo, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Oakland, the Jets. Their defenses are set for this game, uh, Tarvin, for the uh, Mitchell Trubisky to have a good day today. Hey, Sonny, I'm in a bad place. I'll be on mute, but I'm thinking the Bears big in this game. So, so we got uh, we got the bad place there for Tarvin, but uh, I mean, Cuervo, I mean, a nice setup for Mitchell Trubisky to get off of that two-game losing streak. This is, if it's going to happen, Sonny, it has to be today because, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the Jets. I, I, there's no other way to put it. It's the Jets. It, like you have to be right? I mean, <laughs> right now, honestly, the the Bears, the Bears should be, and we could talk about what it could have should have, but in reality, they really should be four and two right now. Maybe, maybe arguably even five and one, um, just because of the way that they lost that Week One game against the Packers. Um, they're, the only true loss that they have was last week against the Patriots. Um, that one, I, I, I'm willing to take. I'm willing to swallow that one. Uh, but uh, the other two against against Miami and Green Bay, they, there should have been no reason why they lost those two games. But you know what? They did. And like Todd said, you know, the Bears have to get back on track today or, or else it's just, it's going to be a long, you know, two more months of Chicago Bears football. So, um you know, Allen Robinson, unfortunately, is not playing today. He's out. Khalil Mack's going to be a game-time decision. Leonard Floyd is surprisingly not suspended for the way he suplexed that receiver in Miami two weeks ago. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, Trubisky, look, you know, he, doesn't, he hasn't made a lot of mistakes, which is good. Uh, I would like to see him, you know, be a little – I guess I don't know. I don't know if I want to say more aggressive, but I, I'd like to. I, I just want to see Mitch do a little bit more, not just with his legs. I mean, I want to see him do what he's what he's getting paid to do, and that's throw and be a quarterback. Okay, your legs can get you out of situations, and that's great. Uh, but I don't like when quarterbacks just run because they just want to run. Like that, that yep. drives me crazy. It, it does. It drives me absolutely crazy. So um, I want to see Mitch do what he gets paid to do. And, and that's sling that ball down the, up and down the field against a Jets defense that is not that great. Um, so the only thing that, that hurts is that Allen Robinson's out so that you're down one guy. That's going to move Taylor Gabriel and, and uh, you know, those guys up the, up the uh, charts. Uh, Anthony Miller hopefully will will make a couple of plays, but I tell you, watch out for Tariq Cohen, guys. I think Tariq Cohen's going to be a big part of this game, and and, and you know he, he's all he's obviously exciting to watch. 
but um, yeah, but I, I like I like, I'm interested in seeing how they plan on utilizing him in this game because um, he's a guy that that can really be a difference maker. So um, you know, all, all all signs point towards the Bears winning uh, the games at home. Um, you know, it's, it's against a bad Jets team, so. We'll see. I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bears. I like the Bears, uh, but um, you know, we'll uh, they they have to go out there and execute, guys. I want I want to see a dominating performance today. So it looks like we're all on the Bears with this one. I think it was a pretty easy pick as well uh, because of what's going there. Dante said, I think what is going to be an underrated game, but I think it's going to be the best game of the day. 3-3 three three Seattle Seahawks go against the Detroit Lions here in the early games. This game is playing in Detroit. As the Seattle Seahawks up and down as far as what they do year in and year out, Detroit, they can't decide if they want to be good. They're hanging out at 500. Both of them at 500 uh, and doing what they do. The Lions have won two games in a row, and that's basically because they got a good, strong quarterback and a good running game now with that football team, uh, and that's a little bit different. Seattle comes into this game winning last week, uh, but they are definitely not the same team that we have seen in the past, Todd, uh, regarding you know how they played this game. So, Todd, when you're looking at this one, give us a synopsis on that one. Yeah, this was a game I actually was torn to pick uh, either way. Um, to be honest with you, I actually was thinking leading to Seattle here. I was going to do that, but I kind of like the way uh, the Detroit Lions have been playing lately, and I think uh, winning in Miami was a really good win. I mean, it was one of Matthew Stafford. I mean, I've watched Matthew Stafford like we all have for a number of years. I thought it probably was the best game he has ever played. He just he took what was available. I mean, he was 18 for 22. I mean, I'm going by memory. I'm, I know I'm right on it, but he had like 200 yards. But they oh, what I like about now is Detroit, as you guys all know, back to the days of Bell or whatever. I mean, they they have had some of the worst rushing attacks, and Blake Bortles has just thrown a touchdown. You believe that to Westbrook? So yep. they're back in this game for now, anyway. But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, I like Detroit, and uh, the reason is is that they're beginning to be able with all with you know three different guys that can run the ball effectively. I think it's making a difference. And the thing is, is that for even Seattle to stay on the competitive end of things, I mean they always are going to need now Russell Wilson to basically carry them to have a big game in order to win the ball game. And I look at Detroit, yeah. and, you know, they're scoring about 26 a game. Seattle is scoring about 24. Um, where, where Seattle has actually been decent, guys, though, is they're plus seven in the turnover department, uh, in, the, in the turnover differential, which is, uh, you know, which is, which is fairly good. Um, the Lions are minus one, which is a problem. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson's going to hurt him to some degree. But then again, I don't really – put much stock still in the Seattle defense uh, at all. Um, and, you know, as they say, statistically, and plus, the, you know, the fact that this game is in Detroit, um, I just think between the, the running game that Detroit has uh, that they are developing at this particular point, uh, that Seattle has got, you know, has got some issues as far as I'm concerned. So, um, actually, Seattle's defense has actually not been that bad as I thought. They're giving up about 20 points a game. Uh, where Detroit's giving up about 26. 
Um, but still, let's be honest, Seattle does not have really any uh, ball hawks in the secondary anymore. They still don't have really any major impact players that really defensively are going to change a game around. I mean, their linebackers are the strength of their team, let's be honest about it. Against the pass, they're, they're decent, but, you know, against the run, not so well. I mean, Detroit's going to run the ball, I think, effectively enough here and the confidence that Stafford is playing with. Um, I would say at home, uh, I, th- I feel pretty confident um, now having thought about it that I think Detroit will continue their momentum upward. Uh, I mean, they've come a long way since that first game loss. You know, they look like a, a befuddled team with that loss at the opening game of the Jets. But I think that Miami game is a, is a big confidence builder for Detroit, and they're back at home today. And as I said, Russell Wilson still, in order to, you know, for Seattle to win, he has to have a pretty much a large, large game. And one thing, they still don't do very well at protecting the passer. Um, so I'm going with the Detroit Lions here. I just think they have too many things going their way right now. The fact they're able to run the ball effectively will make things a lot easier for Stafford. Definitely. I think that's uh, after I'm done with my sneezing jag. Uh, I agree with you. Stafford Stafford is the guy that's really uh, come on, and the Seattle Seahawks are going to have to depend upon Russell Wilson, which in reality I don't think – the the fact that Russell Wilson was the quarterback he was before – um, is because he had the defense, and that defense uh, bailed him out a lot and kept him in games to where they could get the victory square vote. Uh, but now you're looking at a total different Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is now has to carry the weight on his shoulders of being the star of the team and trying to win football games. And right now at three and three, it's not happening. And uh, the defense, like. Todd said, now it's gone, um, and, and they're going to go and play a stubborn uh, Detroit Lions football team that now is begin, being able to figure out their chemistry uh, up underneath their uh, new head coach there, Cuervo. Yeah, and you know what's funny? The, the, the shape of this Seattle Seahawks team, um, you know, the, the, nobody has – they can't blame anyone but themselves. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. And what I mean by that is, look, you know, they 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 had the defense, they had uh, a good, you know, solid running game when they won the Super Bowl and all that stuff. And for whatever reason, they decided they wanted to change the shape of of the way the franchise looked. And so they started getting rid of the key defensive players, and they and they they committed to Russell Wilson said. Look, Russ, we're going to make you the 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 face of the franchise, and you know, um, you know that this is what they wanted, and, and yep. it hasn't worked out yet. So basically, the Seattle Seahawks front office and, and the, just the franchise as a whole has no one to blame but themselves. Okay, yeah, the, the lack of defensive production, the the lack of you know, protection for Russell Wilson. They have no offensive line. If you remember, None. it all started. Russell's running for his life, man. Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's really sad to watch them because I like Russell Wilson. I'm a fan of his. I Me think, too. I think, I think, I think he's, a, he's, a good, he's a great player on the field and he's an even better person off the field. But, you know, unfortunately, it, it, he's going to be judged by winning football games. And, the, the, the front office is not doing him any favors. If you remember 
three years ago, Sonny, it all started when they traded their all-pro center, Max Unger, to the yeah. New Orleans Saints in exchange for Jimmy Graham. At that yeah. point, you and I you and I looked at that, and I remember we said, yeah. this is the start of something that, that could lead to potential bad things for the Seattle Seahawks. Three years later, now you look at them. They're not even – they're not even a playoff team anymore, Sonny. They're not even competitive yep. in their own division, which they were exactly. absolutely dominating three years ago. They were dominating. People were scared of the Seattle Seahawks because of how good they were on defense and how good the running game was and what Russell Wilson was able to do, uh, you know, with, with his, you know, his ability to, to make plays with his legs and, once that trade went down for Jimmy Graham, um, it just it just kind of fell apart from there. And, and I don't think the Seahawks realized that the the, the problem wasn't that they didn't have a, a a red zone target. It was that they didn't they didn't utilize the the best guy on their offense when it mattered most. Okay. Oh, here it, we go. <laughs> no, I'm. It, Hey, how do you not? How do you not hand the ball to Beast Mode at the two in the Super Bowl? God, come on. Beast Mode. You talking about Blunt Mode? <laughs> come on, come on, Marshawn. But Brian, you're still on. I'm surprised. I thought you were in Yeah, Brian still. I was in five guys eating or trying to get lunch, and it got loud, so I just oh, muted my five phone. Oh, guys is amazing. Yeah, I, I hope the yeah, guys I, can make it back through the bag with the grease coming out of them. <laughs> That's when you know it's good, Brian. That's when you know it's That's good. That's right. That's when you know, and you have an extra helping. That's the reason why the size I am. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you, here's one thing. You, you think about this whole thing, it, it, looking at the numbers, and, and Todd, Todd, Todd is a numbers guy. He looks at these numbers. The Seahawks have ha- have held um, the uh, four of their last five opponents to fewer than 200 yards a game, despite not having the Legion of Boom there anymore. So you know they're capable. It's whether or not where they're going to come. I'll tell you right now. I, I think I'm right there with you, Cuervo. You look at Pete Carroll. Carroll's gone. At the end of this year, because of the overhaul, because of the change, and Pete Carroll, oh. I don't think is capable of coaching this football team to where the future is leading with Russell Wilson. He is capable of getting that defense and having that firing defense and everything else. But the shape of this offense, the shape of this football team has gone right over to uh, you know, Russell Wilson. Wilson being the guy, and it's all about, in reality, being able to get the first downs out there. You've got to get the first downs. If you don't get the first downs, you're not going to be able to move the ball. So that means they need to get the offensive line. 
what the Cuervo said. This is a team that's missing their offensive line. They started trading away Carpenter and Unger, and it kept going. It kept going, and sooner or later, then what happens? You know, the second most important position out on the football field, you're trading away your guys. Now, if you're a defensive-minded football team, then all of a sudden you've got problems with your defense. I don't think Pete Carroll's capable of running this football team the way that the Seattle Seahawks won it ran, and that's where they run into the problem, oh. and I – that's why they're at 500 there, Tarvin. That's why they're at 500. Well, it seems like to me, you know, after that Super Bowl where they lost to the Patriots, it just seemed like they've been trying so hard, or not trying hard. They think they are the Patriots in a way, that they can do some crazy-ass moves and get rid of players, and just because they're Seattle, they're going to win in a way, but they're not. He's not Bill Belichick, okay? He's not – it, Wilson's not Tom Brady. I just think it's – I don't think they're going to – you think they're going to fire Pete Carroll after this year? No, I think Pete Carroll's going to leave. I, I think he I think he sees the writing on the wall and realizing this is not the football team that he really expected. How good of a coach is he really, though? You think about it. He was just a, a bomb in the NFL, and then he, he went to college at USC where they paid all their players and had – some of the best players money could buy, and he won there, and then he jumped ship after they got him on probation. Really, is he a great coach, or is he just great when he has great players? That's the problem. He can't coach a a lick. So that's why he's in trouble. All the talent's gone on that team. You have one guy, and that's it. Exactly, and I think that's where he's going to have to figure out what team. Because I don't think we, even at the end of this year, if he does leave, um, but when he leaves, I don't think we're going to hear the last of Pete Carroll because there's going to be a team out there that will will take a chance on him just because of what he has brought to the table in the past. So hey, re- I, I don't quick know. Question, guys. It, it just Sagan. I, I was going to ask a quick question since we're on the subject of Pete Carroll. Sure. Um, you know because because you you know we all know his history and we all know it pretty well uh, of, of jumping back and forth between college and the NFL. If, if what you're saying is true, Sonny, and he does leave Seattle, does he, does he stay in the NFL or Brian, does he go back to college? Well, you think he he may want to go back to USC. You know, USC hasn't been the same since he left. They've been irrelevant. I don't know if the NCAA would allow him to come back and coach at USC after damn near giving him the death penalty. But um, I don't think so, Jim. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he's a better fit in college than he is in the NFL. I but think I just so, don't too. Think he can keep up with saving the Like, this day and age, I just don't think he can keep up with the recruiting. Uh, maybe he can. But in the NFL, you just have your job. You draft the players, they're there. You don't have to do all that extra work. At his age, I don't know if he wants to go back into that or not. It, it is. It's a lot of work going from the NFL and being doing what he does. I, I just think that Pete Carroll goes away for a couple of years before someone needs a head coach and they'll take a stab at someone that, that that's needed. So, you know, that's just kind of the way I was looking at this one. Uh, but it looks like we're all on Detroit on this one uh, as the uh, game is set. So that's going to take us to the next game that is up on tap here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we cover them all. And we go to a team where a player has asked for a trade. Yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 3-3. They won last week. 
Cincinnati losing two in a row. They're four and three out on the season. And you look at this whole situation as far as Tampa Bay, and, and I get back to the real simple fact of the matter is, is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a head coach that I don't think people are buying into. And yes, I am talking about my, you know, when, when you have a guy that is really only a one-man guy, meaning that when you're talking Dirk Potter, you're talking quarterback. You're not talking about any other positions out on the football field. He's supposedly, quote-unquote, the quarterback whisperer, and he's just not getting it with what's going on down there uh, with Jameis Winston. Now, that having been said, when you look at the things that are going on, you know, there's no, right now there seems to be no loyalty on guys that just want to be gone, and that's what you've got in the case with their wide receiver down there in Tampa Bay, uh, demanding trades and things of that sort, which in turn, when you think about it, Cuervo, changes the face of this football team in reality. When you got a wide receiver that says, I want out, um, it, it, then there seems to be a problem on the offensive side of the ball there, Cuervo. So Tampa Bay, you know, when when they go on the road, they're taking on a Bengals that, you know, 4-3, 3-3. Three, three three. The Bengals should be, I think, five and two in reality, but that hasn't been said. That's not what the way it looks like. But with the problem with the Bengals though, is, is that they struggled against, you know, giving up yards, but they only gave the, the whole situation for this team is getting the yards. And I don't know if the Bengals are going to be able to get it because the Tampa Bay defense is not the worst in the world. Um, But you know, I don't know when you when you think about what's going to end up happening. Um, they just meant only 239 yards total offense last week, and that's not going to get the job done. Um, but whether or not they they do it, but here's the thing: they they're giving up on offense. They're giving up 551 yards on the defense. That's the most yards allowed a team has held uh, since 2007. I mean, you can't give up those many yards square though out on the football field but that's against a football team that can throw the football and you're just not getting that with Tampa Bay right now Uh, this is a team that's in disarray so when you're looking at Tampa Bay and Cincinnati playing in Cincinnati when I looked at it it's very simple I'm still I'm not going off of the Bengals I'm on the Bengals who do you got in this one or and look at what's going on as far as those two teams are concerned yeah, I mean, look, everything changed once Jameis Winston came back. Let, let's let's be completely honest about this. Um, you know, I'm not saying that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback, but I am. I think I can make the art. I think I can make the argument that he's a better fit for Tampa Bay right, right now, now. Um, because they were clicking when he was when he was playing, you know, the first four weeks of the, of the season, uh, you know, Tampa Bay were actually, they were, they were a threat. Uh, 400 yards. In that again. passing. Yeah. In that passing game. And, and now it's been cut in half really uh, with Jameis Winston back in the lineup. Uh, so um, it's really, you know, I think the argument can be made guys is that, you know, I mean, it, they're not going to go back to Fitzpatrick. The, you, you're not going to do that. If you're Dirk Cotter, I mean, that if if you do that, then you abs- you almost have to get rid of Jameis Winston via 
trade or, or something along the lines of that. You can't just, this isn't college where you could just jump quarterbacks back and forth. You have to make the decision on who your starter is going to be and stick with it. So, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay's offense has declined a lot since Winston's been back and, you know, yeah, I mean, you can call it a coincidence if you want. I, I, I just say that Fitzpatrick is the better fit for this football team. And, and now you look at the situation with Deshaun Jackson, you know, asking for a trade and all that stuff. And, you know, it's funny because he, he wasn't, he, I bet he wasn't feeling that way. Nice play. Uh, he wasn't feeling that way when uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was throwing him 60 yard touchdowns down the field. And that's and I think that's the reason why we got him in the situation where they are demanding the trade is because it's a total different team when you have Jameis Winston at the quarterback and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Simple thing. When you get success, you don't necessarily have to win the game to win the game. And what I mean by that, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's what you put out there. So when Ryan Fitzpatrick did lose those two games against two good football teams, he still managed to put up uh, put up numbers. So, so you still have to win the game even when you don't win the game. So it's one of those things where you look at it. But here's what I'm looking at as far as the Bengals are concerned. They, they've got to get more production out of a out of a wide receiver besides AJ Green. Tyler Boyd, uh, 27 yards last week. John Ross, he's out with a growing injury. They need the more production besides AJ Green, and that's going to be their downfall. So that means. Andrew Dalton has to find somebody else that he can throw the football to, and right now he doesn't have that right now. And Tampa Bay's offense right now, you know, it, it, what it ends up happening is is that the Buccaneers lead the NFL in total yards with 449 yards a game. Now, granted, that was, was with a different quarterback and, and figuring out the numbers to get the average, uh, but the passing game, 376 yards a game, that has gone down to about 325 with Jameis Winston in the lineup. So, uh, but he threw two, t- threw two interceptions, lost the fumble, but they still managed to lead the team to a win. So, what I'll throw it over to Todd. There's a lot that, as far as this team is concerned and this game is concerned. I looked at it immediately. I knew who I was going for, but I think Tampa Bay, in reality, can give them a run for the money today. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, honestly. Um, both these teams' defenses are, 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 are let's be honest, they're they're not very good. Um, and you talk about you were talking about Denver, Kansas City being a high-scoring game. To be honest with you, I see a galore full, a bucket full of points in this game all day long. Uh, I really don't think that either defense is going to be able to stop the other. In my opinion, I agree with you. I think the chemistry has changed. And let's be honest, guys. Last week. Um, Tampa Bay was kind of fortunate uh, to survive and win that game in overtime yeah. over Cleveland. I mean, Winston had all kind of chances to win that game, and uh, I thought they were honestly going to lose that game in overtime. But what I'm looking at here is mainly the main difference is the the factor of uh, Carlos Dunlap and the Geno Atkins factor, where these guys combined have like 13 sacks on the season. And they're they're going to force Winston into making some stupid mistakes that will probably be the difference in this game. Um, you, I was Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd, yeah, um, he's all right as a second guy. He does have five touchdowns, but the Bengals are not getting much, uh, honestly, out of the tight end position now due to injuries and other issues. 
the way I'm the way I'm looking at this, to be honest, Joe Hickson to me is a dynamic running back. Um, you know, as I said, the Bengals running game should be good enough to be able to move the ball. And I, I, I would honestly think that Andrew Dalton's going to have, you know, good protection and be able to kind of thread and shred that secondary. 15 touchdowns, eight interceptions on the season. But, you know, as I said, Dirk Cotter was lucky as, as you know what uh, to win that game last week, which, you know, it could have been the end, the end of his job if he had lost that game to Cleveland. And he got bailed out when the kicker made that long field goal attempt, uh, which I couldn't believe he, he lucked out in that situation. Um, and I believe Cleveland had a really crucial penalty on them in the overtime period, uh, if I recall, during this, the final drive of the game, guys. But um, this is going to be a fun game for uh, people that just don't care about either team or just football, want to see a lot of points being put on the scoreboard. Um, with Mike Evans and everything at Asian Green, there's certainly a lot of talent on the football field. Um, but again, it's a matter of who do you trust more or least. And in this case, uh, I, I still don't trust Winston uh, to be able to uh, do the make the plays that he has to make in order to win this game, especially the game beyond the road. And the Bengals need this game because they've lost a couple and they're coming off a very bad loss. And I always like to see the reaction that come back home after they get blown out on the road. So I'm I'm going to go with Cincinnati here. Definitely. Cincinnati is a, uh, a pick that I'm up on. So, Cuervo, when you're looking at this one, who do you have in this one? Yeah, I like Cincinnati in this game, Sonny. I just, I just think they're playing a little bit better uh, overall as a team. I think, I think Tampa's got a lot to work on. Uh, you know, with the quarterback situation. So I'm going to go Bengals. Yeah, it's good. I think it was fairly uh, a look at. And, but I think Tampa Bay is going to give him a run for the money. Now, I, I'm going to go to this game, and I have absolutely nothing to say about it. I'll shoot it over to Todd. But I, I just got to ask the question to to our fine, another co-host, you know, Brian Tarvin. Brian Tarvin for some reason, and I don't know, maybe it's because he's on something, I don't know, but he picked the New York football Giants over the Washington Redskins today. I don't know. I guess he's picking them because they're home. They've lost four in a row. I guess they he figures they got to win. You know, maybe they won't lose five in a row. Washington's won two in a row, and they got that victory last week. I, I, I like that game, by the way. It was a good game uh, for the Washington Redskins. I'm all over the Washington Redskins, and it's the main reason. We're, we're already hearing queer folks about how Eli Manning's not going to be back, at, you know, you know, for the team next year. Now, granted, we heard that last year, but that was before the shakeup, before the end of the season, getting a new coach and everything else. But now it seems like Eli is definitely going to be on out the door, depending on which expert you listen to. Um, I just don't have a lot. And Washington's just a better football team. And, and here's the thing. When you look at the quarterback position, in reality, you should say Eli Manning is a better quarterback. But, oh, contrary, my friend, it's not happening right now and when you look at Alex Smith you're not looking at a guy who's an overpowering quarterback or a guy that can get the ball down the field like Eli Manning supposedly can that having been said so what are you going to do they're throwing in the towel in reality Cuervo I mean they're giving away players and things of that opportunity it's going to happen for other teams to grab up some of the better New New York Giant football players before Tuesday and that that trade deadline as they completely 
completely and have utterly thrown in the towel. And I think you could probably, in reality, I think you could get Avon Manning. If you're a football team that needs a quarterback, and unfortunately everybody's talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, I will. I will. I'm telling you right now, Eli Manning becomes the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll boycott the Jaguars. I'll pick them every week to lose because that's just how bad Eli Manning is. And I don't care if it's a change of scenery. I don't care if they have an offensive lineman. You still can generate if you are a good football player and a good quarterback, and he's not. So, you know, Cuervo, looking at this game, you know, I, Washington, you know, you want, I, I love I love Tarvin's line, skull drug. That's what's going to happen here today. Washington's going to skull drag the New York Giants at their home football field. And I know people think I'm crazy, um, but, you know, but I think it's time, it's time to talk. Cuervo. Yeah, I mean, I have to see. I'm going to check what, oh. Okay, I think I know why why Brian picked uh, the Giants. Because and and it's it sounds weird, but Giants are at home. Giants are a pretty good home team. Um, I think Washington uh, really it took quite a bit out of them last week to get that win against the Dallas Cowboys. So so I think the Giants really um, are looking for a good bounce back game. I mean they they've had some time off. Uh, I think that has something to do with it too, as as far as why they're in the bye last week, weren't they? Maybe uh, no, they they so they played Thursday a couple weeks oh, ago. That's right. I want to say, and then um, after the uh, after they got demolished by the Eagles, so they didn't play last Sunday, and then uh, so they they pretty much had about a good what nine days off, and yeah. Uh, I think I think that's what the Giants needed. They just needed an, a, a small, you know, three four day break and then get back to work. Um, but uh, you know, I, I look at the secondary of the Redskins and it's not that great. The problem you're going to have is up front. So I think they'll they'll slow Saquon Barkley down. Touchdown Eagles, by the way. So now it's going to be a twenty four to fifteen game. Uh, went to Ertz on that play. So it uh, looks like the Eagles got this one pretty handled. Uh, but, you know, I, I I think that the Giants, um, you know, especially with the trades that they just made, um, I don't know if, if it was their problem children, but, you know, they're they're setting themselves up for for a little bit of future stock. And sometimes – Believe it or not, guys, that's that's what it takes. Sometimes just making a couple of moves, you know, a little bit of change uh, within the organization, and, and it can make a difference. So uh, I could see why why Tarvin picked the Giants, and and I may just I may just jump on that uh, with him and, and take the Giants as well. Plus, I, I I would like to see Odell Beckham have a good game. I. Yeah, you talked about the secondary for the Washington Redskins. You know, as far as that's concerned, being a major Achilles heel, without question. But you've got to have a quarterback that can deliver the ball, and Eli Manning's just not doing it. You know, in I reality. I don't think so, Jim. <laughs> I agree with you, Al. It's not going to happen. In, in, by the way, if you want Eli Manning, okay, this is what's going to happen. Hey, you got to pay the guy 
and the guy is not good enough to pay the money that he's going to demand. Uh, so the question will be is will there be a lot of football teams going after a guy uh, to overpay at the quarterback position because they're desperate and Eli Manning has two lucky Super Bowl wins in reality. But in, in reality, when you get an Eli Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. It, it, it's horrible. And hey, I, Chuck. And you know, I, I think they're going to get stoned. For, I, could, I think they're going to get skull drugged today. Sonny, I'll be honest with you. I, I, and I can see why Charvin picked the Giants, to be honest with you, because to be very honest with you, when I saw this game, the first thing I thought of is, boy, the Giants got a chance here. But the more I thought about it, I go, now, you know what? It's a division game. The Redskins actually, hey, they, they are doing – they are never going to win the Super Bowl, but they're doing what they set out to do when they signed Alex Smith in the offseason. Stability, consistency, maybe win nine games, you know, maybe even ten for a wild card spot. Uh, a borderline play, playoff team, and right now that's exactly working to form. And Phil and Washington takes a large step in the NFC East with a victory here today. And the thing is, is that Allison is playing very safe, nice football, seven touchdowns, which stinks, but two interceptions, just typical numbers, and their ability to ball control games and use up time off the clock and. You know, Adrian Peterson's not the greatest running back anymore, but he still has his occasional good games. Exactly. The Giants defense has nothing, nothing to write home about, Sonny. And uh, that's the thing here that I just think that you're going to say something. Go for it. I didn't order up. Well, no, I'm just saying. I'm saying Adrian Peterson. He's adequate. You know, he's you know he's not the worst in the NFL. So you know he's he's definitely not the best. But when you need consistency at a position, what has Washington done? They went out, got the quarterback. It's consistency. Even though, like you said, they're not going to win the Super Bowl or win too many playoff games. But they need somebody who can get yards, and Adrian Peterson's actually doing that. I I I'm not an Adrian Peterson fan. I completely think he's overhyped and everything else. But at the same time, it's good enough for the Washington Redskins because they had nothing there before. That's exactly right, Sonny. And and the thing is is that I remember when the season started, everybody said that, um, oh, the Redskins really have trouble. I mean, uh, you know, who's who, who's going to catch the ball? Well, he's making enough completions, and they're, they're you know, doing it by committee. They're doing enough um, that, you know, whatever is working, it's working to a success in a division right now that's down. Even though the Eagles may win this game today, and I mean, just glanced at it here and there, believe me, the Eagles do not look anything close, even to this day. I've been kind of disappointed in their performance today, to be very honest with you. They may have enough to beat Jacksonville, but I have not been exactly overwhelmed by Philadelphia either, even today. They don't look like they're bad at the that, that, that road trip is brutal. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is. I mean, as I said, they'll have enough to win this game, Sonny. But as I said, Washington has a real opportunity uh, to really take some major steps today, as I said, and, and to win the division. And the thing that I'm just trusting on is that the Redskins are going to do their six, seven-minute drives, keep uh, Eli off the field, so to speak. Yeah, I can see Beckham making yeah. – a lot of plays, but I don't, to be honest with you, Sonny, if the Giants are going to have the ball enough to be able to do a lot of things, and the thing is, they're going to have to maximize their positions. And the Redskins, as I said, they have nobody 
standing out in the receiving core. But, hey, you know, get three or four yards on first down, do a nice little short safe pass for the first down, do, a, do the old Cordell Stewart days of moving the chains and not putting a lot of scoreboard points on the scoreboard. Um, so, you know, the thing is, Barkley, we all know, is a tremendously talented runner. I would not be surprised if he breaks the run in this game. But, so, yeah, just, again, the bottom line is, when you, you are who you are, the Giants are just a bad, bad football team. I agree with you next year that Camp Coughlin will probably find a way to get Eli as the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I could not yeah. agree more with that. I, I can definitely see that happening. So he is definitely his last year. He's definitely his last year with the G-Men, um, in my opinion. But whether they make changes or not this week, um, I, I, I don't trust a bad football team. That's the bottom line on this. Um, this is, a, to, me, a, to me, a boring game to even talk about. But I'll, I'll just say that the Redskins will do just enough uh, to win this game somewhere around uh, uh, 24-20, 23-17, to something along those lines. I mean, your typical grind-out, boring, let's, you know, hope the defense makes some plays. I'll, we'll gut out a win. The Redskins have shown a lot yeah. of heart. I, I will see that. Um, I'm not sold on Gruden, obviously. I've never had him. I thought he was a great indoor coach, but uh, on the outdoor side, he's, a, he's an average mediocre coach. But, what, again, what do the Giants have yet? We don't know yet how uh, Schirmer is going to do. Anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm going to end this and just say let's move on, but Skins will win this game. I can't see them slipping. It's a, a divisional game, and it's one they cannot afford to get away. And Jake Rudin saved his job this year with the success that they've had so far because he was on the – I don't care what anybody says, he was on the hot seat as far as coaching is concerned. So that, that's another thing. But that takes us into the next game. And this one I think is going to be real good. Then we'll take a uh, quick break and we'll go into our flash picks because I don't think there's a lot to say about the rest of the games that we're talking about. But that having been said, I think this one's going to be an interesting game because right now you have an Indianapolis Colts team that has not been able to live up to potential what they should be. They should be 5-2. and two. They're 2-5. Two and five. Um, So that's a problem for Indianapolis, although they did win last week in a good win. Uh, Oakland, again, lost another football game. Great big surprise. Um, giving away the farm yet again, getting rid of Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys while they're on the uh, bye. So they get him acquired and get him set up with the offense so they can be ready for next week's game as the Cowboys are on the bye. Uh, but uh, right now, you, you know, we talked about we talked about the Giants have sold the farm, so so have the the Raiders. But I, I think when you have a Derek Carr still there, and you know one of these days, what's going to end up happening is that Derek Carr is going to take over a football game and it's going to be against someone um, that he doesn't want to be against. And I'm talking about his coaching staff. Um, Derek Carr, I think, has got to take a step out and become that quarterback that it demands the respect and demands what he wants to get done out on the football field. And right now, I I, I call Derek Carr a puppet quarterback to the coaches and. Instead of taking over games and being the superstar that he's capable of being. Uh, on the other side, we got Andrew Luck, who just can't get off the schneid in reality, but it's not necessarily his fault uh, in order for them to win football games, and that's the reason why they are where they are as far as the standings are concerned. And Indianapolis needs this game in reality uh, if they are going to try to stay you know, in contention in the South, as Houston's got five wins already. Jacksonville's probably going to lose today, so they'll stay at three. Tennessee is on the bye. Uh, so this is a big game for the Indianapolis Colts to get into that, you know, you know, 
area where uh, in that division Cuervo that they're going to, you know, could be challenging to move up if Houston decides to fall off the face. Now, granted, you and I think, I think both of us picked the Houston Texans to win this division, and they've ripped off five in a row to get to the point where they are in the lead of this one. So this game for Indianapolis is a big game there, Cuervo. It is, Sonny, and, 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 I, and I have a lot of confidence in the Colts today. I, I, I mean, the, the Raiders really have um, – Sold the fun. Oh, my goodness, he had that. Um, you know, the Raiders have pretty much um, – I guess, uh, how do I say this? They pretty much they're, – they're looking forward to next year. They've already booked this year. They're taking it yep. as a loss. Uh, you know, Gruden yep. is uh, – how do I say this? He he pretty much failed his first year back back yeah. in the silver and black. So um, you know you look you look at next year. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Raiders now have three first round draft picks in next year's draft. So they do. Um, if, if if the goal was to stockpile draft picks, uh, I would say they they you know done this job. So. Yeah, I saw um, an NFL meme where uh, Roger Goodell's at the uh, podium and it says, with the first ra- uh, first round draft pick for the Oakland Raiders, they pick the Alabama uh, the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide. Uh, that's how much they're going to have so many going on there. So you, you, it's yeah, be no kidding. Funny. But but really, reality when you talk about Oakland, though, you know NFL teams are you know you know. They're not known for not squandering money, but in reality, hey, when you talk about it, you, you got to spend the money. And right now, they got rid of two of their guys that are going to take a lot of money off the top, and Amari Cooper, and of course your defensive man uh, Khalil Mack. So they saved a lot of money by getting rid of them. But this is the product that you get as a result. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 again, I mean, they've pretty much written this season off. Uh, I don't see the Raiders winning another game this year, to be honest with you. I think they're going to, you know, get a top ten. The writing's on the five wall. Pick. Yeah, they're going to get a top five pick with their own draft pick, and then they got to hope that, uh, you know, that the Bears and and the um, and the Cowboys somehow just forget how to play football and, and get better, you know, better picks from them too. But um, yeah, I mean, guys, look. The, the, the Raiders have done, uh, I think, what they they set out to do, and that's tank the season. And nobody's going to call it that. Yeah. You can't call it that. But that's basically what they've done. And you know, it's, it's a realization you made a mistake, Cuervo, is what is going on here. I and mean, it started with the Khalil Mack thing. Well, I'm, I mean, look, I'm I'm not saying they're wrong for doing it. It's just. I do for for Raider for Raider Nation. I am uh, don't don't expect much. I I see why they did it. For me. I, I the blasphemy. It was the Steven. worst. Hey, Cuervo, Cuervo, getting rid of Khalil Mack was quite possibly, and there have been a lot that of was stupid a moves in the end. This was quite that possibly was the one. worst move because of ego. This was all about ego. John Gruden walking in saying, well, we didn't win games with Khalil Mack last year. And, and this was an ego move and it cost them a lot of things. That was, and what it is, is a successful season as they're trying to build on going to Las Vegas. And say whatever you want, okay? You know, 
it is Vegas. You all have a team. But guess what? If you don't feel the good football team even in Las Vegas, they're not going to show up. And I'm going to tell you right now, because too many of too many gamblers, okay, would rather watch it on TV instead of going out to the damn game. Now, granted, you'll get them to go out to the game. You'll get them, and they might even. But I'm going to tell you right now, that will wear thin sooner or later. Because in reality, when we're talking about the uh, Oakland Raiders being the good football team so, in the Tim. future. I don't think so either, Al, and that's what we end up running. We just uh, Todd will probably uh, drop back off. Here. We're having some bad ones there, but I'm going to tell you right now. This one right here, uh, it, it was the worst move. Uh, what? God, in the last 15 years, it, it was just a. It was an ego move, and it, it tore a football team back up. And I'll bring Todd back in; he's back online. But you know, an ego move getting rid of Khalil Mack by Todd. You know, this one's easy. I mean, in reality, when you think about it, you know, Oakland and, and Indianapolis, but it, it's not easy because Oakland is at home. I don't know if they have enough to muster up and get to get a victory here today. What do you think? I'm all, you know what, Sonny, I'm all over this game, and I'll tell you why, okay? It, uh, the, the Raiders are tanky. We all know that. I mean, they're rolling the dice with the draft picks they're getting, and I think it's nice to get three first-round draft picks, but, you know, the thing is, they're obviously giving up on this season for obvious reasons. Yep. They only won one football game. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that uh, I look at the Colts here, uh, you know, Sonny, and I mean, uh, let's be honest. The Colts actually put a great game together last week. And yeah, I know it was Derek Anderson. I know yeah. it was the Buffalo Bills. But the Colts are not that bad defensively. They're really not. Uh, they rank in the middle of the pack against in total defense. They're like 21st, I think, against or they're like in the they're like between like 19th and 21st in total defense and against against the oh, pass. And then Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck has 20 touchdowns and he's only been sacked 10 times. Okay, I, I'm all over this game. I think that he, they go on the road today, and he has he has a great game today against the Raiders. And really, what they have absolutely nothing to play for. I think the Colts are still trying to find some improvement and get some confidence. And I mean, I, let's be honest. Again, I don't think they're as bad as their record of two and five indicates. But I'm honestly all over this game. I mean, who are the Raiders going to go to? I mean, even Marshall Lynch can't do anything. Um, so who who the hell is he going to throw the ball to? Cook? Yeah, he's all right, but he's not going to be able to win a game for you basically on his own, Sonny. And now Andrew just, you know, he spreads the ball around. He's got so many weapons, and I believe we may have a fumble here, and it's Jacksonville ball, I believe. But, boy, they still got a chance, and they do. They got a chance to win this game. I got to say something in fairness. I hate Bortles, but he's actually played decently today. He hasn't played that badly. But uh, we'll see if they can get the job done with six minutes to go down 24-18. But, Sonny, I'm all, I'm all over this game today. I, I I like Indy to go into Oakland and keep the Raiders down. And, uh, you know, I just don't know what Derek Carr is going to be able to do. I mean, Derek Carr is going to have to have at least a 300-yard passing game, but who the hell is he to get the ball to, um, you know, that's reliable to be able to make plays. So, I, again, yeah, I, think about I, it I don't see it. I think about this, though. There's no continuity between the offense. Derek Carr on a different football team is going to have success. Right now he doesn't have that success because he doesn't have the confidence. And it's not because he doesn't have the confidence in the players, even though they suck. I don't think he has any confidence in the coaching staff right now. And I think that is – I think it stands out like a sore thumb that he doesn't have the confidence because he doesn't have the confidence of the coaching staff. I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think that – I don't think – 
his relationship seems that great. Everybody says, oh, he and Gruden are buddy, buddy. I mean, I watch everything. I'm perceptive. I don't see them having great camaraderie, talking together during the games or whatever. I, I don't see it at all. Funny. And I mean, I think that that's completely overrated to this crap. Oh, Derek's our quarterback. And, you know, he's going to be with us when we go to Vegas. And all. I'm not so sure about that. And who knows Derek Carr is going to want to be there. You know, you're, you're stuck as a young professional, obviously with that first contract study, you can't go anywhere for several years and you're stuck. I mean, to be honest with you, there's going to come a time that Derek Carr is going to say the hell with this. I'm bolting. I'm bailing when my contract comes to an end because I, I've always liked Derek Carr. I have. I think Derek Carr, I'm not saying he's an A-level quarterback, because I only think there's like six quarterbacks that I would consider in this league truly elite. And I, and to me, yeah. I have a theory. In the elite quarterback, I'm not interested in you. I don't care about you. I don't want you. That's why I hate Case Keenum so much, because he's not an elite quarterback. So if you're not no. an elite quarterback for me, I, I don't want you. I, like, I would take Dak Prescott in, in a second to run my Broncos over Case Keenum. I can assure you of that. We would be a lot better off. But uh, I, I agree with you completely on this. But as I said, I love Andy Luck in this game, and uh, I think Indianapolis is going to put up a good 30 points on the board. I'm going with the Colts. Yeah, good good idea. And you're also taking a look at Derek Carr's uh, salary. He has signed it back in June 2017, five-year, $125 million extension. So he's even off that rookie contract in reality. Uh, so when you look at what's going on with him and where he is going, he is kind of stuck there. But he has a potential uh, out in 2019 um, as far as it, things that are going on. So this, this could be a love affair. We could see the ending of this one one as well with the potential out in 2019 uh, because of the two-year $47 million contract. Uh, and he, but here's the deal. He's only a $7.5 million uh, hit on the dead cap, and that's the big number right there. The $7.5 million dead cap number, uh, there is no uh, overall cap on him. So that is the huge thing with their car. And, and listen, I don't put it past John Gruden to let him go so he can bring in – you know, what he was known for, you know, at ESPN, bringing in those rookie quarterbacks and teaching them how they're doing it. He thinks he's a quarterback whisperer. I'm telling you, you know, I like John Gruden in the booth. I don't like him as a coach, never did like him as a coach. I think he took over teams that were already set. Thanks, Tampa Bay. Um, thank, uh, you know, thank you very much you know, for just setting the team up for me just to go and guide it. Now that he has it and he has it all set, then he has. He just threw away a great opportunity and blew it. But that is John Gruden, and that's what it is. So here's what we're going to do now, guys. We've got to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more, and we'll run through the last few games that we're talking about. One, two, three, uh, three games today, and then the Monday Night Football game. We'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said. We'll be right back. This is Sonny Clark Radio, voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. 
This is Sunny Clark Radio, voice of your outlet at Eagles, letting you know about Baggy's Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggy's Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggy's Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggy's Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus, two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation. Restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. 
A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. Packers are not a bad football team, but the problem with the Packers in a game like this, 
you think this is a marquee game of the week, and I don't. Um, the Rams are going to win this game, and the main reason is they're at home. Number two, the Green Bay Packers, as much as they are good, they're still not the same team as they were a couple years back um, when Aaron Rodgers was winning games with a bad defense being healthy. Now he still has the bad defense, but guess what? Now he's not healthy. So it's a total different look as far as the Green Bay Packers are concerned. When you looked at this game, you saw a marquee game up on the board uh, for us in the afternoon, and it's just not going to be that way. The Rams are going to have their way with them in reality because they're going to pick apart the defense, and the defense that they do have, they're going to be all over Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, right now, he just doesn't look like the same quarterback. Do you think, Cuervo? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, nothing has changed as far as, um, you know, his his uh, I guess ability, if that makes any sense. I mean, he could still make, yes, you know, his 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 IQ is still there. All right, so it's not a matter of that. It's just physically, like physically, he he's beat up. Um, I mean, he barely they barely beat a Forty ers team with C.J. Beathard as their quarterback. Yep. At home, at home, by the way, uh, which they should have lost that game, but San Francisco made some bad choices at the end of that game. Anyhow, now they're on the road. Now they're playing the the, the, undefe- the only undefeated team that's left in the NFL. Um, and honestly, Sonny, this is not me. This is not the Packer hater in me talking, but I think, but I think the Packers are really going to have a tough day today. It's going to be a tough, I think they are tough too. game. Uh, looks like Carson Wentz and the guys are taking a knee, Sonny. So, uh, 24 to 18. Looks like the Eagles have this one all but wrapped up. Awesome. So there we go, Philadelphia. Everybody was on Philadelphia on this game, and I I was the only one that went Miami uh, against uh, Houston. Uh, but uh, so the first two games out of the way, I, I agree with you. And I don't know. I mean, because I, I think if this game out, I'll go to Todd. I think Todd will agree with me. If this game was two years ago, man, and the Rams were playing as good as they are today, this would be a great marquee game to watch today. And but I don't think we're going to get that. So I didn't want to say something before I get into this game. As, as I watch the end of the Jacksonville-Philadelphia game, this is what it always comes down to, and I want to say something on this. Our, our buddy, Blake Bortles, you know, he play, actually played pretty well today. I mean, he did more so with his feet than he did with his running than he did with his throwing. But when it came down to the critical end, game-ending drive with five minutes to go, and they needed him to produce, when they needed him the most, Sonny, he failed. And he had two chances, and on fourth down, they go for it, okay? He had a wide-open receiver in Westbrook, and, he, and, he, and he, he's had a wide-open receiver, and he missed him. So when the game was on the line, and they needed Blake Bortles to come through, he had two crappy passes, and it basically killed them, and that was the end of the story for the Jaguars. That's why this guy Heck, is never going to be anything. <laughs> Kirk Cousins you know, you know that pass I'm talking about. He was opening the flats and he thank you. It was a first down and he missed him. So guess what? They lose the game. Oh Wide well. Another, another loss. Idiot. Anyway, back to this game. This is this has all the recipes of a disaster for the Green Bay Packers. And uh, there's there's so many reasons why we can go all night. Todd Gurley leads the league in rushing. 
Aaron Donald has eight sacks. Um, the Rams score 34 points a game. They one of the top defenses in the in the football. Aaron Rodgers has been sacked 19 times. I don't see where this game's even close. The Packers scored uh, 20. The Packers have not been that great offensively. I mean, uh, you take Aaron Rodgers off that team, and that team uh, it looks like the Brent Huntley uh, offense of the Green Bay Packers. They don't they don't have anything, Sonny. I mean, they don't have anything. Well, I don't want to say they're an awful team. They're not an awful team, but this is a game that uh, uh, we get this game on local TV here, but uh, with the Denver Kansas City game at the start. But uh, I, I just I, I cannot see what the Packers are going to be able to do, Sonny. In all honesty. For one thing, to be able, they're going to have to score a ton of points, and they're not going to be able to do it. I'm going to be honest with you. I've watched the Rams a lot, obviously, living here. And um, if the New Orleans Saints win this game tonight at Minnesota, I'm going to be honest with you. The Rams have been good, Sonny, but they have not yet reached the level that, yeah, you say, oh, they're 7-0, Tom, what are you talking about? I honestly thought the Rams played better last year, okay? And I'm being, I'm being really honest with you. Defensively, they were tighter. Uh, offensively, they were still more potent in the passing game. Goff has not been that great the last two or three weeks, okay? Even against the San Francisco 49ers, he was not that good. Um, it's the system that makes Jared Goff, okay? You put, it's, it's McVay's system that's turned him into a good quarterback. Um, I'm not so sure Jared will be having this success somewhere else. Uh, I don't want to bag on what the Rams are doing, Sonny, because their 7-0 does not lie. But a lot of the scoring is based off the defense of Todd Gurley. And Todd Gurley, for me, uh, is, 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 is just incredible. And, I mean, I've seen this guy carry the Rams the last couple weeks. I've seen him carry the Rams basically on road wins at Seattle and San Francisco. And, um, you know, that running game is just too much. And what is Green Bay going to be able to do? Come on, Clay Matthews. Is the Come on, man. I mean, this, this to me is a mismatch. I, I, I think the Rams are going to pound this team into submission. I mean, but they're going to need to because I still, but I still think, Sonny, honestly, if the, if the Saints win tonight, it's going to basically solidify what I think because right now I believe the Saints are actually – the best team in the league, not the Rams, as of today. That can change tonight. I would say Saints are better than the Rams, as for me, as of now. Hmm. I don't think so, Jim. I don't think so. But that's okay. But they're close. They're about one and one A. I, I think the Rams – I hate to say it because I don't like teams like the Rams. I hate teams like the Rams because they're just that good and and they're playing that good and um and as much as I like Drew Brees Drew Brees you know you know, I, I love Drew Brees I like but they they lose games sometimes they shouldn't lose uh, right now you know you look at Jared Goff you know he isn't lighting it up okay he's not bringing down the great big numbers I mean let's be honest I mean you, you look at the numbers uh, to to date right now uh, you know as he is uh, getting squared up as he, where, where's that? Right there. All right. So, he, I mean, his numbers aren't the worst in the world right now. I mean, you're looking at, he's got 20, he's got 2,100 yards passing. He's got 14 touchdowns, only five interceptions. Okay. Those are nothing to scoff at. And, you know, I know Drew Brees' numbers are better, uh, but 
I, you know, I think Jared Goff is one of the reasons why this team is so good, Cuervo, because when you look at where he is in his developmental portion of being a quarterback, he has exactly what it takes in order for him to be a superstar. So, you know, I, I didn't think a lot about this. I mean, I, like I said, I think the Rams are going to go all over this because the Green Bay Packers are definitely having their problems in these games uh, this year. And we go back to the, you know, when he got hurt, whether or not he should have played, uh, it was a big argument, not argument, but a big conversation about should he have sat where he had three games coming up that were wins if he was completely healthy, which, by the way, they dropped the next one after that. So, you know, I felt really good about the prediction and being right, but right now the Packers are not the same team. Oh, you know, you're, you're right, Sonny. They're not. Um, but, you know, you got you to gotta remember a lot of – some of the personnel has changed. You know, no more Jordy Nelson. Um, you know, Devontae Adams is really their own, the only threat in the passing game. And Randall Cobb is an, is an on and off guy. The running game is still anemic. Um, you know, the defense is still – you know, average at best. So, by the way, what happened reality? to the Twinkie Eater? Oh boy. Um. Honestly, he went to Seattle, Sonny, which we we all yeah. knew that. Yeah. Haven't seen him since. Haven't seen him since. <laughs> Are they like beast yeah. mode? God. He's yeah. probably yeah. he's probably doing what we're doing, Sonny. Sitting. We, Sit on our couch. <laughs> we watch NFL Red Zone, and we just, yep. just enjoy life on Sundays. And that's probably what. He's yeah, doing. at least he has a nice leather sofa to sit and put his feet up and watch. You know, so there you go. Yeah, and, and the box, and of, box Twinkies. of Twinkies next to him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, gotta love it. Uh, everybody's on. You're on the Rams, right, Cuervo? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All of not even close. All over right. and, and then on this next game, that's something I don't have a lot to say about this one because both teams suck. And I had to pull out, literally, literally in reality, had to pull out the uh, couch potato quarter. But I didn't look at it because it came to my sentences. I went with San Francisco over Arizona. Arizona sucks. San Francisco sucks. They both suck. Um, but, um, I, you know, right now, C.J. Beathard right now is just playing very, pretty well. I mean, for – what it is, and the Cardinals just suck. I, you know, just bad football teams in the NFC West. I, you know, in reality, I flipped the quarter. I didn't look at it. In reality, I picked San Francisco, and the quarter fell on the San Francisco side. Don't have anything to say about this one because, you know, it might be an entertaining game here, Cuervo, but I'm all over San Francisco in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Beathard is playing well. Uh, they almost went into Green Bay and won that game. Uh, yep. So, you know, all all things would point to the Niners, you know, winning this game. But as our friend Lee Corso says, not so fast, my friend. Did you know? Oh, did you know, my friend? <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals have a seven-game winning streak against the San Francisco 49ers, believe it or not. That is an interesting thing to think about. That, uh, 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 wait, wait, really? Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. 
We're, we're breaking down this football game and going on a seven-game winning streak for our teams that suck. I mean, come on. I mean, I, come on. I, I, that, that's how bad this game. We had to stretch to that the Arizona Cardinals have a seven-game winning streak against San Francisco. That's how much, how much of a stretch this game is uh, when San Francisco were complete losers uh, for the last three seasons. So, yeah, having a seven-game winning streak, yeah, sounds about right. But now both of them suck because, let's be honest, the Cardinals have been better than the 49ers for the last three years. So that's no great big surprise. That, that's how bad this game is in reality. You had to stretch to a seven-game winning streak. Todd, I mean I, – do you have anything to say? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I do actually. I do. I, I have. I do have something to say about it. I think, uh, and I'm going by a gut. And sometimes you can throw stats out the window. And there's this. It's just a gut that I have, Sonny. This is going to be the first game that Brian left, which takes over as offensive coordinator. There had to be. There had to be a. Um, a there's the Arizona's had ten days since the humiliation and the humiliation of that Wilkes press conference to prepare for this game today, and they've had time to have left offensive coordinator takes over for his first game today. I think for one game, it's going to send a big-time message. Now, I think San Francisco has a better offense, but I think losing Breda will hurt them in this game. Now, secondly, um, Arizona did edge him out, I remember. Um, what was it? I think it was 15-13, I believe in the first game between the two teams. And, I mean, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm not stupid. I mean, Arizona, 13 points a game. Josh Rosen has struggled a lot. But, you know, and, and I would say that C.J. has played better than Rosen. C.J.'s had seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. You know, I like the Niners as an offense better. But at the same time, I like Arizona as a defense better in this particular game. And I think the fact is that, Without Brandon, plus you add the fact of the combination of, of Leftwich being a new voice there that maybe it's going to motivate the Cardinals, at least for today. No, you can say, come on. But, I mean, this we're talking an impact for one game right, today. I'll say, I'll say it. Come on. I, I'll say it. Go ahead. I'll say it. Come on. Are you really serious? You think that Byron yeah. Leftwich, by the way, as the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, sucked nuts. I'm sorry he did. And, you know, and this team is about what have you done for me lately? Brian, but listen, Byron Leftwich was nothing on the football field. I don't understand why all of a sudden, and it's not just you, Todd, but other experts saying that he's a Greek god when it comes to offensive coordinator. He's like, all of a sudden, this. this I never this, said this, that. This, this, I never this, said no, that. No, no. It, it just. But, I mean, everybody is getting a change on Byron Leftwich. Everybody's talking about By- Why are we talking about Byron Leftwich when he sucked as a player? What makes anybody think he's going to be a good offensive coordinator? Because they fired their offensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals? I mean, come on. I mean, th- that's not that's – not, I mean, come on. Where's Joe? Hey, Joe. Can we talk to – Byron Leftwich is the is – the, uh, oh, uh, the pedestrian quarterback that always had that so much potential, and but just it just couldn't get over the hump because the fact of the matter is he wasn't an NFL quarterback; he was more of a linebacker. So when you take a linebacker and put him at the quarterback position, of course you're not going to have success. So I'm trying to figure out why all of a sudden everybody's in love with Byron Leftwich as the offensive coordinator. Like I said, it's not just you. 
uh, that everybody's talking about how great this guy is. Why? Why, why is Biden? Biden I don't the, think he was. Uh, the resurrection of Byron Leftwood going to change the offense of the Arizona Cardinals? I just said for today. I listen. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I'm, a smart, <laughs> I'm a smart. I'm a smart guy. I'm a smart guy. And Sonny, Sonny, no, listen. All Marshall quarterbacks. You look at all quarterbacks that have played for Marshall, whether it be Brian Mar- uh, Leftwich. Chad Kennington, they're system quarterbacks, like the idiot Case Keenum. They're system quarterbacks. I Ryan Leftwich in the pros, he looks like what Blake Boros looks like. Duh. You know, what am I gonna yeah. do now? You know, he has no he has a per- he has a personality as a frog when he played as quarterback. I mean, I remember. Okay, I remember all his garbage, garbage games. I'm not, we're, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you add the fact that Arizona's been off 10 days. They're coming off an absolutely humiliating loss. As Corville said, a 17-winning streak against San Francisco. Brayna not playing, which I think will hurt the Niners. You can flip a coin, Sonny. I'll flip a coin five times. It's a crap game. We're not, I'm just talking about one game. Yeah, <laughs> long-term, okay. he won't do crap. But today, he will. It's just for me. Right. That's it. That's <laughs> I just had to beat you up a little bit. I mean, I mean, I don't know, Clairvo. You know, what, what do you think about Byron Leftwich as an offensive coordinator on any football team, never mind the Arizona Cardinals? You know, honestly, Sonny, like you know, we we talk about how his career wasn't you know the greatest, but I tell you, you know, sometimes those are the guys that make the best coordinators because. Yeah, look at Doug Peterson. Weird. It it sounds weird, but. Yeah, like Doug Peterson's a great example. My God, he was he was you know, uh, uh, oh, what's that guy that that was in Green? Oh, so he went to Green Bay. Matt Flynn. He was Matt Flynn yeah. before Matt Flynn. Doug Peterson. Well, hold on, but Matt Peterson Flynn. didn't play as many games as Byron Leftwich or or uh, Nick Foles or um, uh, who we're talking about there. It, that that just goes show something needs more sleep. <laughs> But, you know, my point is it's those type of guys that didn't always have the instant success or just the, the, the you know, the long-term success like a, like a Drew Brees, Tom Brady type guy because they understand the grind. They understand the work that it takes just to, just to make ends meet. And Byron Leftwich is one of those dudes. So – Sometimes those guys make the – I mean, look at in the NBA, and this isn't an NBA show by any means, but you look at Steve Kerr and the success he has with the Golden State Warriors. I mean, he was, he was a bench player for the Chicago Bulls. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't Jordan's right-hand man, but he was a guy that contributed a certain piece that made that team great. So Byron Leftwich was a quarterback that he may not have had a Hall of Fame career, but um, – you know, those are the type of guys that, for as much as he backed up and everything, he he learned he, he learned a lot doing that. And and sometimes, and bottom line, Tony, let's let's give him a chance. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can open up the playbook for Josh Rosen and and uh, you know maybe try to. I don't think uh, so, Tim. Use the, use the use the playmakers that that the, the Cardinals have. Larry Fitzgerald and whatnot, uh, uh, David Johnson, you know, utilize him in different ways. Let's see what he brings to the table before we write him off. 
okay, I'll be nice. No, I'm not going to be nice. They're going to get their asses handed to him because C.J. Beathard is the better quarterback. Yes, they're missing that offensive lineman tied. You're right about that. But I'm going to tell you right now, I, this, this might get this, this might be this might be San Francisco and San Francisco. I just have a feeling. Yeah, yeah. And I think everybody. So, are you going to the Cardinals square vote really quick? You know, just because you want to bash Byron Leftwich before his first yeah. game as an offensive coordinator, I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, they're going to get skull drunk all over the. And, and by the way, and yes, I'm even saying this. This game's in Arizona. They're going to. And, and listen, Arizona Cardinals fans get ready to the late '90s, early 2000s because you're right back with it, especially with Byron Leftwich. By the way, just let everybody know, Peterson was a career backup quarterback as you know he only started 17 games and Byron Leftwich was a career starter and started 50 uh 50 games so there there's the difference I mean when you suck when you play it's one thing when you're a backup and you're suck it's okay uh, because you learn more because you're uh, you know you're on the bench all the time I don't know if I'd call that a career starter Sonny 50 games is only three seasons worth of games plus so it's three three full seasons plus two games I don't know if I'd call that a career's worth. Just throwing that out there. Well, it, it's what? more of a career than Peterson. <laughs> maybe oh, that's yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe that's but, it. I mean, because, I mean, he bumps around to Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and back to Pittsburgh again, um, you know, after he went there. So, a career, you know, he ended up being a career backup after being a starter for two and a half, close to three years. So, you know, but Peterson hardly ever seen the football field. So, but it is what it is. It's the Arizona Cardinals had fun with that game. That was fun to talk about. It just won the fact that I just wanted to rip on the Arizona Cardinals going back because guess what? You need a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's not going to happen with the rookie quarterback. He is, by the way, just to let you know, Rosen is sunk, okay? Rosen is sunk. The guy's going to suck if he stays on the Arizona Cardinals. Mark my words, it is October 28, 2018, Rosen sucks. He's going to continue to suck because he's on an Arizona Cardinal team that doesn't realize that in order for them to be good, they have to have a Hall of Fame type quarterback or they'll never be good. That hasn't been said for the name of the show. Head on to the next game as the New Orleans Saints are on their road to take on the Minnesota Vikings. This is going to be the best game of the afternoon. And frankly, I don't know who to pick in this one because, you know, you think all of a sudden I want to go Drew Brees. I want to go Drew Brees. I, I man, I should go for Drew Brees. This guy's been going. He, he's got everything, Drew Brees. But this guy, when he goes on the road, sometimes he just freezes up, Todd. And this game right here, I think is going to be the obviously the most. I think this is the most interesting game of the day on Sunday, um, as we get the Sunday night. Uh, but. Um, I don't know. In reality, I don't even know who to pick in this one. My heart says Drew Brees, but Minnesota at home and Drew Brees on the main spotlight sometimes doesn't show up. We've seen him do that in Detroit. We've seen him do it in Minnesota as well. So, you know, I don't know. Do we trust the Drew Brees that we have seen that's having an outstanding season right now? Or does he fall back and take a step back as they're 5-1 in, in, you know, as far as their record is concerned? And Minnesota's trying to stay within the NFC North. What do you think, Todd, when you look at this one? I think it's a great – this is going to be incredible. This, this game is going to show – um, 
it's going to be a phenomenal game. And I, I'll be honest with you, I think um, this is, you know, obviously a very important game, even more so for the Vikings, who had a lot of preseason expectations with the Kirk Cousins signing. And the Vikings have been better in the last three, four weeks. Is this uh, going to be a spear road game for them uh, to go ahead and, and, and win this game? This is going to really pump up Minnesota for the rest of the season, maybe be, be the team that everybody thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. But, um, I mean, I look for this. I mean, Kirk Cousins has played much better of late, uh, really since the Rams yeah. game. Uh, Hill has I'll only three picks on the Yeah, he's still – I don't think he's been as good as his numbers of 14 touchdowns and three interceptions because he's had a lot of passes that should have been intercepted, especially in the early part of the season. But Drew Brees still does not have an interception this season. That is absolutely unbelievable. 13 scores and no interceptions. That's just incredible. So the thing yeah. is, the thing is that I like about this is that the Saints defense has been on the upgrade as of late. It started off the season very poorly, but Sonny, believe it or not, they're number one in the league against the rush. That may shock a lot of people. It is, but they're only giving up 72 yards a game and 3.1 yards of carry. That does say something a lot. And defensively now, they're overall ranking around the middle of the pack, which was a tremendous difference to the beginning of the year when they were like in the bottom, you know, five teams. But the thing is, if they have a defense the way they do, and with that offense the way it is, that's why I believe that, yeah, I'm not ready to say yet, Sonny, that they are better than the Rams, but I honestly believe they're playing as well and better than anybody. And if they do, to be honest with you, get by the Vikings tonight, I would say they are the best team in football. Cameron Jordan's been outstanding with five sacks on the defensive side of it. They're not giving up much against the run. Um, you know, as I said, I, I just I like this team a lot right now. Uh, Minnesota's got some great players too. I mean, uh, Daniel Hunter has yeah. eight sacks on the season. That's that only Aaron Donald has eight sacks and JJ Watt. Okay, so you know he's playing at extremely high level. Um, you know, they know they have a very physical team defensively. It's going to bring great challenges to Drew Brees. But, you know, we had those same challenges last week. And the thing about Drew Brees, Sonny, is you never know when he can get hot. I mean, last week they looked very ordinary for almost three quarters offensively. And then look what they did. They were a juggernaut. They could not be stopped, and they weren't stopped the rest of the game against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens couldn't stop them. And it seems like every yeah. time the Saints need a third down or a big play to be made, Drew finds a way to make the big play. I mean, he's got Kamara, he's got a full choice of weapons now. And I don't know, honestly, if Minnesota has enough to keep up with it. I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is going to have his moments. But, again, it's a matter of when the game is on the line and it comes down to one series, who would you trust to get it done? Do you trust Drew Brees or do you trust – uh, Kirk Cousins. I mean, that the obvious, the answer to me in my mind is obvious. Who you go for, and that would be Drew Brees. So you know, and, and it could come down to a situation like that. But I mean, I just look at the Saints team. Camaros were averaging 4.6 yards a carry. Uh, we already know about all the receiving threats that he has, and um, you know, Phelan is a great player also for Minnesota. I mean, there's going to be great players tonight lined up all over the football field. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm glad, in a sense, Sonny, that there's only like three games on this afternoon when I get done with the Broncos, because you know they're going to show a vast majority of this game, 
and, and, and the Ram game, and of course, very little in the Arizona game. But we're going to be able to basically almost watch basically the whole game on red zone. Basically, it's going to be it's yeah. going to be a terrific, terrific game. Um, but I think the game is honestly a lot more important for the Minnesota Vikings to win. Um, not saying that it isn't for New Orleans, but you have to remember it's a back-to-back road game. The Saints are coming off a tough road game, and that's the only reason I'm kind of weary about going with them. But I'm. I made a call on this that I, I'm going to pick the Saints to find a way to win, plus the revenge factor from last year. Of course, we all know what happened. They were eliminated that devastating Hill Mary loss in the playoff game in the divisional playoffs to the Minnesota Vikings. That has to be that's been weighing, I'm sure, on the Saints' mind for a very long since then. Um, anyway, it's going to be a terrific game. Um, I, I believe so. I'm, I'm looking forward to it a lot. Who you got in it? New Orleans. New Orleans. All right. So, Cuervo, look, look, you bet. Cuervo, looking at this one. I got, yeah, okay, getting some background again. Uh, so, Cuervo, uh, looking at this game, who do you got? Who, who, what do you think in this one? Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, I, I see this game, and, and it, it's, you know, you can talk rematch all you want, all that stuff. Look. You know, Case Keenum was the quarterback last year. Now you've got uh, Kirk Cousins in there. And really, I mean, I think the the focus is really just trying to position themselves in the NFC playoffs, you know. And what what I like about this game is, you know, you've got a lot of well, – it's a Sunday night game, first of all, so everybody – it's going to be on national TV, which is going to be yeah. – you know, which NBC got it right. NBC got it right. And, you know, it's the right game to put on the night game. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be exciting to watch, especially when New Orleans has the ball, obviously, the the chess match between Sean Payton and, and uh, you know, Zimmer uh, with, the, with the defense uh, to see what – is going to be done to adjust to to that you know that Saints offense because they've got a lot of firepower and we all know that. Yeah, they do. Um, so I think that uh, I think there is a re- uh, little bit of revenge on the Saints' minds, um, and I think that uh, you know injuries are going to be a big part too because you know Dalvin. You mentioned Dalvin Cook earlier, Sonny, who's inactive. Uh, but yep. uh, you know another another humongous injury that the Vikings are going to have to uh, deal with tonight is no Anthony Barr. I mean Anthony Barr is that you know, is a big one of the loss. Best. Yeah, that's that, that's a huge one because he's he's one of the that's, best that's in, in the business. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I mean they can handle not having Dalvin Cook, but but no Anthony Barr. Yeah. I mean that that's. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough one. So I agree. I think that that's just that factor alone uh, has me leaning towards the Saints, just because Anthony Barr is not gonna play. That's how much he means to defense. I I agree. I agree. That is a huge loss. And 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 when I was looking at this game, I I was all over New Orleans, you know, and then I heard and I did I found out about that. And then not having Brandon Cook, uh, the New Orleans Saint, I am and fully going gut on this because as you know, I am definitely not a Minnesota Viking quarterback lover, um, and uh, but 
it, there's something about the Saints when they get in this position when they're five and one, they go on the road, uh, they lay an egg. I mean, they should, and frankly, they should win this game. But there's something that's going to stop them, and I don't even know what it's going to be. Um, but I, and I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan whatsoever, and I'm not picking it because of him. Um, uh, I'm, and, but the Minnesota defense, I think, might be able to get to Drew Brees, make him make a mistake, even though he hasn't made one yet. Um, make him make a mistake with the turnover, maybe uh, an interception, which he hasn't done. But I, there's something about this game that. You know, it, it just sets New Orleans Saints all over it, and they should win this one. Uh, but it's Sunday night football, five and one Saints don't necessarily, and it's not the fact that I don't even trust the Saints. I just, I, you know, I just don't trust the Saints in this game. Sort of like Byron Leftwich for that one game for uh, for uh, Todd. Uh, this this one game, I just don't feel very good about it because the Vikings have improved on their defense for the last three weeks. So I'm actually going on the other side. I'm going Minnesota in this one, uh, but I think it's going to be a phenomenal game out there. Now, Cuervo, before I let you go, I I, I just gotta I just gotta ask: Are you sure? You want to go Arizona in this football game, and are you sure you want the New York Giants? As I have you written down, that I just, I'm just giving you an opportunity to bail. <laughs> and I, you know, and I appreciate that, Sonny. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Giants because they have a little bit more rest, and I think that, um, you know, that was kind of a breaking point the way the way they they got embarrassed Thursday night against the Eagles. I think, yes, I think we're going to see an improved football team. It was a mini bye week that they needed. Uh, so I'm going to stick with the Giants. But the reason I'm going to stick also with the Arizona Cardinals is to despite Sonny Clark because you want to bash <laughs> Byron Leftwich. So now you've left me no choice. <laughs> I'm sticking with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm probably going to get it so, wrong, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah, and get it. And real quick, I'll bring back in Todd. Uh, is uh, he has some bad backup on that? So, you, uh, um, now just just for Monday Night Football, who do you have in Monday Night Football? Real just for your pick. Yeah, I know we're out of time. So this is this is there's very little to talk about here. The Buffalo Bills are the worst scoring team at eleven point eight. Derek Anderson. What else yeah. do I need to say? McCoy's out. Uh, Brady, 16 touchdowns, seven interceptions. We, even if Michael's out, he's got too many weapons. And Buffalo's got a minus four turnover differential, and New England's plus one. There's very little to say. Yeah. And Buffalo's got to have a very, very rough tonight of it. New England's going to win this game. I can't – I mean, New England can miss several players in this game. I still can't see Buffalo winning this game. And, Sonny, um, I wish in a, way, in a way our Rowland Eagles are playing Thursday because – Next week, we, we have the beloved game to start next week, Oakland against the 49ers. Boy, that'll be a thriller in Manila there. Um, but as, as my job, I have to follow, I have to follow it. Um, so anyway, but yeah, um, New England all the way here, guys. I know we're out of time. There really is a lot to say anyway. This, this is, this is I, Buffalo has no chance. None. Zero. Minute. Who are you going for, Cuervo, in this one? Um, geez, Sonny, I don't know. Uh, I guess I'll take New England. I'm not sure. And maybe, yeah, I'll just give it a run. Maybe they'll win. <laughs> so, Five pointers. Yep, you bet. 
So that's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we cover them all here uh, yet again. And I hear the familiar noise there. Uh, is, is that Scott Hansen in the back there? Wait, wait. wait where, where's Scott? That is. There he is. All right. So Sky Hanson on the air as we go off the air. Join us Thursday for the pregame show. Your rally at Eagles taking on the Lakeview Centennial Patriots. Then Friday night, the game at Homer B. Johnson Stadium. And then, of course, we turn around and go in the corner. We'll be back here for week number nine. Everybody have a good one. Take care. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. And of course, of course, now I'm clocking. I I I click the I, I get the music and I click the music and it's it, it's unbelievable. It's it, I, man, the the computer has been back. There we go. Jail.